Introducing the bracket buster, the hip thruster, the lover of egg custard, the victim of the candlestick in the conservatory with Colonel Mustard, he is Glenn Clark. I like that one. I enjoyed that one. That one stood out <laughs> as uh, one that I particularly enjoyed. Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio. That means that I must be Glenn Clark. He's probably Paul Valley. She's Papa Cass. We've put a date out for when Papa Cass is going to uh, run the board for us. And so we're getting, it's getting tight. It's getting tight. She's very nervous about this. We're not even having, this isn't even like when Jordan had to run the board when Paul wasn't here and like there was real pressure involved. We're just talking about having to run the board while Paul's could potentially be sitting right next to her that's as she does scary. it. That's still scary. Why is that scary to you? Look at look at everything that's on here, and then you, ha- you there's like three computers. There are three computers, and that like is true. a soundboard and a phone, and then that little box back there for the phone. There is like, a box back there for the phone. Yeah. A lot. We might have a new phone by then. We are working on that part because we've had some phone issues of late. Um, you got this. Cass. I believe in myself. I'm yeah, fine. seriously. I'm fine. You play soccer. Come on. The people don't even understand the rules of the sport. You Some, can do this. Sometimes I sit there and think to myself, how can I play this complex sport? It's a very complex sport. And not be able to do some easy actual like things right. in life. Like, in and life. I mean that. I mean that. I struggle sometimes. And if you can play soccer, you can play snooker. And if you can play snooker, where are we you with can run Hang on sport. a second. Where are we with snooker? Any update? No, it's, it, it's uh-huh. not until May, May 1st. No, no, no. No, no, no. The trying to play snooker. Oh, I forgot. Paul. <laughs> I dropped Paul. the ball. I dropped the snooker ball. Come on, man. We're trying to make that happen. Uh, Cass, I think there's a place in Reisterstown. Ooh, I like that. Cass, if we get a snooker match together, uh, will you be on our team? Yeah, you're going to have to teach me how, how to well, do none it. Of us, no, no one. No one knows how to no do it. No one okay. knows how. I will join that team. I will come. Um, so ha- how are you at playing pool? I'm pretty good. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> I have we'll a pool it. table in my I, basement. It's a start. That's a start. <laughs> We're going places now. Cass is on the snooker team. I don't know who the... How many people, Paul, how many people should we have on a snooker team? Come Honestly, on, I, this I, is I, your I, department. It's like, I don't even think it's two. I think it's one-on-one. I think we're all on one We're not playing one-on-one. We're going to play a team version of snooker. we got to figure out what that's going to be. I don't know be. if there's a cutthroat we version had, we of had snooker. Four, we had four on our curling team. We went four-on-four four for curling. I, I, I guess you could have three, four oh, people. Oh, we're going to definitely need to have at least there's three. There's a ton of balls on we the just table. Hired cats. It's a big <laughs> table. Yeah. Yeah, we could have three. Okay, they get now, hired and no, fired. We're, gonna need, we're probably going to need to make it day. four. Because Jordan. It, yeah. Little Jordan. Right. And, and then I feel bad because John Proctor was a big part of the curling team. I'm, I am kind of giving Kyle the boot. I think I'm going to have to stick with that. He, he quit. He di- I mean, that's what it is. I think he's just out. He died. I, I can't do anything about that. Uh, Life f- is Five over. people. That w- <laughs> what a posse coming through coming through those snooker team Hell doors. yeah, man. They didn't see it coming. We should go. Oh, Slow motion God, with music. Get, can we get leather jackets? I would really like it if we got leather jackets. I would with, really. With, with snooker cues on, hell the, on yeah. the breast. I'm all in. Or, or, and or dragons. Both. Dragons around a snooker cue? Yes! Down the middle of the back? Yeah. I really like this. I really like this. This Cass, is that's what, your that's this your territory. Get those yeah. jackets. Can you get us some leather jackets? Them? I'll create them. Yeah, with, with dragons. Can mm-hmm. you make with that dragons. happen? With dragons, I will fund this. Yeah, I will create. It. All right. I like this so much. All right, we got to work on that. We got to make that happen for <laughs> Snooker. Hey, coming up on the program today, uh, we're going to chat with Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to catch up with Angel Reese, Maryland women's basketball tonight against Stanford in the Sweet Sixteen, defending national champions. 
opportunity for the Terps to uh, shock the world and advance to the Elite Eight. We'll catch up with Baltimore's own Angel Reese. She had a huge game in round two against Florida Gulf Coast, and she's been awesome, I mean, really, ever since she stepped foot on campus, which is not surprising. Uh, we will chat with her, and uh, our buddy Rodney Elliott will join us once again. We will catch up on uh, the tournament from last night, what's still to come this weekend, and uh, his thoughts on Kevin Willard as the new basketball coach at the University of Maryland. All of that on the way. Speaking of Rodney Elliott, he and I will be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Mount. Cass, I got another assignment for you, by the way. I need you to figure out. This turns the TV on. All right. And then this changes the channel. You got to point it down at that box. I need you to find the tennis channel for me. Because Daddy made a few... Eh, maybe... Maybe dangerous bets related to today's are action you, in Miami. Are you still planning on your kids going to college? Well, Paul, what are the chances? <laughs> You've met me. <laughs> what are the chances they're going to end up? I seem like bright young I, boys. My, my younger son uh, had, recently had a day at school where they did a dress is what you want to be when you grow up day. And he went as a construction worker, so we're good. We don't have to worry much about that. Yeah, but kids that age love Bob the, the Builder. What are the real chances that these boys are going to end up uh, going to college? Come on. Have you seen I their, hope good. Have you seen their dad? I hope good. Plus, let's be fair, none of us are going to be able to afford college by the time my kids get there. It's like a billion dollars now. It's going to yeah. be $6 billion by that point. So I'm pretty sure it's just not going to happen is the way it's going to go. Uh, but yeah, I got a few. I got a few. No, 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 no. Don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. Point it down there. Change it. Now I'm a little bit worried about what might have happened there. All right. Anyway, the moral of the story is Rodney and I are going to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Coming up on April 4th for the title game, we'll be hanging out with you. Want you to come join us. We'll have great giveaways. We will try to give you some betting advice. Let me see if I can help you. Let me see if I can... The volume is what you're concerned yes. about. Yes. Huh? There we go. Oh, that's annoying. That's annoying. It works, but it only kind of works. There's got to be a mute button, right? There is. That wasn't working either. Oh, that's not good. Hang on. Nope. Oh, there it is. All right. There you go. I should probably get back to doing the read. <laughs> how, many <laughs> we are really, how many people we, does it take? I have really derailed this show. <laughs> Let's get back to the read. Going to be there April 4th for the title game. Want you to come hang out with us. We'll have great giveaways. We will have um, betting advice for you. And it's just a great opportunity to hang out, watch the title game, win some money in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And through the title game, the promotion continues. And that promotion is that any live rewards member who makes at least a $50 bet on any NCAA tournament game will be registered or can register, you have to do it yourself, can register that bet to win a $500 bracket bonus. Pretty good deal. So even if your bet hits and you win big, you can still win another $500 from bracket bonuses. Ten of you are winning that $500 bracket bonus, but you got to be signed up as a live rewards member. If you're not, very simple, what you need to do right now is you need to show up in the FanDuel Sportsbook, walk up to the window, and say, Hi, friend. My name is Dan, and I need to sign up for Live Rewards, and they will get you taken care of. And then you can register that bet. All right? Good deal. Um, I'll address it here at the top of the show because you guys have probably seen it on social media. Um, 
an announcement was made by the folks at 105.7 The Fan. Yes, uh, my friend, NFL, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and I are going to be doing a Sunday show for them um, here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be launched. You will be able to hear us, I believe, from 1 to 4 every Sunday until football season. It is not a long-term thing. Um, it is a, an opportunity for the two of us to work together and we're really excited about that. As you know, Rita and I have been pairing together for years, doing shows over here. And I, you know, she's one of my favorite human beings. She is certainly one of my favorite talents when it comes to media on the planet. And I said something about this this morning on Twitter because you've probably heard me say something along the lines of, I'm done with radio. I'm good with radio. I never need to go back to radio. And that, that wasn't me lying to you. I meant every word of that. I don't, radio does not matter to me the way that it did when I was, you know, 19 and trying to get into this business. Of course, then it was everything, right? Like, then it was what all that mattered. It's no longer the case. I don't feel that way about terrestrial radio, which isn't to say I don't think terrestrial radio is still important and doesn't still have a place within the media landscape. It just doesn't matter. I like doing this. I like the lack of constraints. I like the fact that we can talk about other topics that maybe you wouldn't be allowed to talk about on terrestrial radio. As you know, it's not really about the need to use the F word for me. I, I, it's not about that. It's about being able to tell stories of athletes uh, that are local that, frankly, terrestrial radio, they just say, well, we, we can't do that. We, we have to be slaves to constantly talking about Playing the hits, as we would say when we were in radio. We constantly, we can only talk about the Ravens. We can only talk about the Orioles. We can only talk about the big topics. We can't, we're chasing away our audience if we talk about something else. Whereas I say, let's chase away our audience. Let's do it. I like this. This is what I want to do. We'd like to continue to grow and evolve this. Let's make that abundantly clear. We talk about it all the time. Had a great week of guests, obviously, on this show. We have scheduled for next week the biggest guest in the history of this program. I am still not – I'm like this is something that I am so worried about telling you guys what's scheduled for next week because I am I'm just ready for it to be pulled out from underneath me whenever we get closer that I, I don't want to jinx it. So we're just sort of not it's – like it's like a pitcher pitching a perfect game. We're not talking about it. We're just not discussing it. We have – a monster guest scheduled for next Wednesday's show to come on with us live, which makes it all the more nerve-wracking. My God, I would so prefer if we were recording this mm -hmm. so I would know ahead of time that we've got it. Like, I, 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 and, <clears throat> pulling back the curtain. Like, we pre-recorded. Marcus Williams was a good get this week, right? Marcus Williams was a very good get. Uh, some of the, one of the biggest free agent signings in Ravens history. I was very happy we pre-recorded it. So I knew instead of coming on at 10 o'clock and telling you, we got Marcus Williams scheduled to join us today. And then, for whatever reason, you know, it just doesn't happen because these things happen in business and it feels like we lied to you. I knew. I could say with confidence. We've got Marcus Williams on the program today. Very, very nervous about what we've got scheduled for this coming Wednesday. Extraordinarily nervous about it. Um, but we're continuing to try to grow this show. And I want to make that abundantly clear. Nothing about me doing a Sunday show over at 105.7 changes anything about this. This is my priority. Literally, I don't know if you noticed, has my name on it. <laughs> like, this is the thing that matters. This is the thing 
that um, we'll be chief. And, you know, the folks over there understand that and Rita understands that. And um, I am happy to be doing that because it gives me an opportunity to spend three hours a week with Rita. And as I said this morning on Twitter, um, Rita is not only my friend, but she's so brilliantly talented and makes me better. And it's a different vibe. It's a different thing doing a show with Rita then no offense, doing a show with Paul. You and I have a different have a thing, and she and I have a very different thing, and that's it's neat. It's fun for me to go do something different and something else, and um, I like that a great deal. And, and uh, you know, we're gonna try to do more of that during football season here. None of these things are going to change. This is just another three hours during the week that I'm gonna be doing a different type of show with uh, Rita, and I'm looking forward to that. I appreciate all your kind words, and I and I mean this with all due respect. This is a bigger deal to me than that, and I'm not trying to. I don't want to rain on the parade because I know they made a big announcement today on 105.7. They're very excited about it. But we do this five days a week. If you're going to listen to something, please listen to this. Please prioritize this. I, I want you to listen to all of it. I want to make that very clear. I'm not, But this, this is the thing that matters the most to me. And then I would also like you to listen on Sundays too when Rita and I are hanging out on the fan. I would like that as well. That would be a great deal, mean a great deal to me. But this... I get a little offended when people are like, when are you going to go back on radio? I'm like, I, I, I do a show every day. My God, I couldn't do more show, please. As it turns out, I can because I'm doing three more hours on the weekend. Please come listen to this. This is the thing uh, that matters a great deal. So um, I think that's all I need to say. I think that's all I need to say. Is there anything? I, if you're going to ask me uh, details, official start date, we're still working on that. We're still uh, finalizing those plans. Um, if you're going to ask me, I'm trying to think of questions that people might have. Do a, do a press conference with me quickly, Paul. Do a, a press conference about this. Is this going to be a football-centric show? Ah, that is a good question. Look, if Reed and I do a show together, there is no doubt it's going to lean heavy on football. But as we've already talked about, um, and I want to thank Chuck Sapienza from 105.7 who had the idea to have us do this, and, and I appreciate that, and I look forward to being over there with him. Um I said to him, I'm like, look, if you're partnering up, Rita and I, you're going to get football. Like, it's, it's, it's our strength together would be doing football. Um, but, you know, it's, as he said, well, okay, yeah, but you're in the middle of baseball season. We're going to talk about baseball. Now, a lot of times we're going to be on while there are baseball games being played. So it would be kind of silly for us to be doing baseball talk in the middle of a baseball game. If you want the baseball game, you're probably going to be watching or listening to the baseball game. So we will probably do a fair amount of counter-programming to that. If the Orioles are, say, on the West Coast, that might be a very good day for us to do a bit more baseball talk. And as Reed and I, if a, a baseball-related topic, not an Orioles topic, a baseball-related topic is significant, we'll definitely get into that. But it would probably be foolish for us to spend a lot of time talking specifically about the Orioles when the Orioles are playing baseball games. Um, just... We, we're, we can all do this. If you really want to hear about the Orioles, you'll probably be in tune with the Orioles. So just being practical about it, that's the case. But, ba- you know, NBA playoffs, basketball, um, big topics. We will probably do a topic-centric type of show. Big stories that are being discussed throughout the week, uh, locally, nationally. That will probably be the type of show that we do. Um, so Chuck came to you w- um, with yes, this. Yes, Chuck um, uh Look, I, 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 I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure Jeremy Kahn might be behind this. That was my next we question. Haven't, we haven't really... Jeremy 
has long been both a friend of Rita and I's and a fan of Rita and I's, and that's it, it's reciprocal. Everybody knows how what I feel about Jeremy. I think this has been a Jeremy thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Specifically, pair the two of them. I want I want that. Um, and and Chuck and I, you know, we've had a lot of conversations over the years. I I respect. I've known Chuck dating back to. I would go down and work in D.C. and Chuck was the the PD at 980 at the time and. Um, we crossed paths down there. We had talked about doing a show down that way. So I've known Chuck for forever. His son plays basketball at Stevenson. So I see him regularly. Uh, Cam, who's a really nice player. Um, and I, you know, Chuck and I have talked a billion times, but it, it was going to take something like this. Like, I, I, if Chuck had asked me, hey, do you want to come over and do a show on Sundays by yourself? I would have said, Chuck, I love you. I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, it, it was going to take Rita. It was going to take Rita and I partnering together for me to say, I'll give up three hours of my Sunday in order to do that. And that's something that, you know, I, I got to go back and say to them, like, I love going out and spending Sundays with my kids. When, when, there's no foot, when there's football in the fall, I don't get to do that. So the rest of the year, I get Sundays to spend time with my kids. So I'm giving some of that up. It, that was going to require something unique, and, and partnering again with Rita was going to allow that to be unique. Well, I will tell you, when I, when I worked over there, yeah. um, Chuck and I had a conversation. He brought you up, and he spoke glowingly. About I love you. Chuck. I really love Chuck. He's a, I mean, he's a very talented. Look, I mean, one of the best things they've done over there. And that's, I'm not saying that because he just hired me. I'm saying that because I, I know the business. And I look, as people know, I used to work at 105.7. Um, and with no offense to any of the people that were there when I was there, I was there before it became a sports station. Um, but I was at 1300 in the same building. And um, Chuck is the best thing that's happened to them from a leadership standpoint, uh, probably in the history of that company um he is he he knows i mean this is the guy that that had the idea to to put john thompson on the air and created a a monster show in dc all those years ago i mean chuck is a a genius when it comes to that sort of stuff so um you know i i'm i'm i I like chuck a lot i'm grateful for it and again but everything i said still radio itself was not a big deal to me it just is not a not the way it was Uh, unique opportunities are always going to be a big deal to me. And it's a unique opportunity for me to be able to do something with Rita. So um, that's very simple to me. Doing something with Rita is... And you know what? The other part of it that was a really big deal is Chuck said, and and you you don't have to pretend like you're not at press box. You can extend what it is that you do to the show. You can extend talking about your... Sh- you can talk about your show. You can promote your show. That was a big deal to me, too. If I had had to pretend like I only work for 105.7 and I don't do a show during the week and all that sort of stuff, I would have been out. I would have been out. I would have said, hey, man, I can't. I can't. This is the thing that matters to me. I can't pretend like it doesn't exist. So that was a really big deal that he said, yeah, you can can talk about your show. You can promote your show. Um, you can promote uh, press box. You can promote. You know, we're going to. We're not. It's not going to turn into an infomercial. I want to make that very clear. It ain't going to be that. But. As relevant, you know, if for some reason Gary Williams comes up on a show, I might hold, be like, hey, by the way, you can go pick up the print issue of Press Box. It's got Gary, Gary Williams on it, which you guys can do right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, and read it all at PressBoxOnline.com as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball winning the national championship. So that's something that uh, was a big deal to me, and I was very appreciative of Chuck for allowing that as well. Um, because it, it makes it happen. So I think that's all you guys need to know. I think it is. If you have questions, feel free to tweet me, at Glenn Clark Radio. But it's just, 
three more hours of show uh, during the course of the week and uniquely three hours where I get to partner with my friend, uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and that makes me very happy because I love doing content with her. Um, she's just a, she's brilliantly talented. So that is that. We handle it, and I think we can move forward from there. With that in mind, let's talk some Ravens as they continue to try to put the pieces together. This week they brought back Patrick Ricard. They've hosted a few edge rush types but still haven't signed anyone there since the Zadaria Smith thing fell through. He ended up in Minnesota joining us now to talk about where the Ravens are and putting their roster together. He is, of course, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, Mr. Bo Smolka, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bo, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, let me get that. We got a phone issue. Sorry about that. Um, Bo, a, a couple things that jump out. Obviously, if you look at the roster right now, there are, there are to me, two particularly significant things that stand out. One is center, the other is edge rush. And somebody would probably still lump cornerback in there just because of the depth, but I think you feel so good about what you have if everybody's healthy up front that we can save that conversation. Of those two areas, center and and edge rush, which would you be more comfortable saying, hey, look, if they had to just go with the guys they have and maybe a late-round draft pick, they could get away with that? Oh, I think it would be the center position um, because I mean they now again this is all all when you talk offensive line you're still on this kind of caveat slash hope that Ronnie Stanley is somewhere back to where close to where he was but if he is if he's able to play um, you've brought in Morgan Moses and so you could play Patrick McCarry at center you've got Tristan Clone who you know can play center so you've got two capable, we'll call them, options, at least at center. You don't even have two capable edge rushers right now, really, because Tyus Bowser's still coming back from a torn Achilles, and they hope he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adafi Owe, and you tell me what else there is there. Yep. Um, yep. And so I think edge rusher is, by, is, I wouldn't say by far, but I think edge rusher is definitely the bigger concern. I probably agree with all of that, but I, I still, you know, have a couple of questions about exactly how the defensive line is going to fall together too, right? Like, obviously bringing back Michael Pierce is, I think, a, a good thing and and probably solidifies uh, the departure of Brandon Williams, but I, I still have a question or two about exactly who it is that's going to fill out that rotation. Oh, I think that's fair too. Uh, and Pierce, remember, Pierce opted out of the COVID year, and then he, he played half a year this year, so he's really only played half a year in the last two years. So um, I think it's fair to wonder what you'll get from him. I think he is a good return. He's, it's good that he re- he's returning. I think he can be that plug guy in the middle of the defensive line. Um, I honestly thought Justin Ellis might come back on a cheap kind of fill-in offer, but he followed Wink Martindale to New York. Um, but I think Pierce will help there, but you're right to question it because there's just about a BK right. flashed at times. And then, I mean, he was one of the best guys in training camp, but that didn't always translate to the field in the regular season. Braddock Washington can fill in. He's, he's shown a little bit. Um, we have no idea what Derek Wolf's story will be. I think, I think everyone would probably feel a little better if Calais Campbell resigned, but at his age and what he's going to bring is a question. So, um, yeah, I think there's still plenty of concerns about what that looks like up front and how they'll rotate people through. So I would expect there will be at least one 
good young defensive linemen drafted. They almost always do draft a defensive lineman, it seems. And I wouldn't surprise me to see them sign another Justin Ellis type, you know, mm-hmm. low money veteran to kind of help plug. He is Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Bo, do you start to get a feel for how they might attack the other two? Like, do you start to get a feel for, you, you know, it's more likely that they look at Patrick McCary and say, we paid him all this money, we just might need to make him the center. It just might have to work out that way. Or that they have to go edge rush early in the draft. Do you start to get a feel for how they might attack any of these, you know, obviously besides saying they might go with a veteran defensive lineman? I mean, in ter- if you're talking about their first pick of the draft, I think um, I think they'll see how that board falls on their way to them. I think, you know, Eric DaCosta goes into these drafts. He's done it a long time. He always seems to have a pretty good sense for how things are going to fall. There are always tricks and, and surprises. I think, and they may hope a guy falls to them that's listed, say, in their top 10 and they can get him at 14. I think one notable thing about this year's draft, though, is in the past, in many of the past few drafts, there's this rush on quarterbacks, and these quarterbacks get grabbed early, and they all seem to rise to the top of the draft boards for those teams that need a quarterback, and that pushes other people down. And I don't think you're going to see that happen this year, so... Um, I think the guys that they expect to go in the top 10 are probably going to go in the top 10. And I don't know who might fall to them as they want them, but um, is there a tackle available for them? Is there the center from Iowa Lindermuller available for them? Is there an edge rusher available for them? I think it'll, it'll be up to them how they, how their board falls. But uh, as I said, I think if you ask me right now, their biggest need is edge rusher. Yeah. They tend to not draft for need. They tend to their best player available mantra, although need and and position are often wedded. Sure. But I think I think edge rusher is their biggest need. You know, it's interesting to me, Bo, because that's where I think cornerback comes in. And I know we're still weeks away from this, but it's where cornerback sort of starts in in, in looking at the way analysts seem to line up the board it feels like the value might end up proving to be a cornerback. And, and knowing how the Ravens you know, have continued to do as they added in Marcus Williams, they continue to kind of do the bit where they say we're going to build from the secondary up, um, and that's how we're going to build a defense. It absolutely wouldn't stun me if they look at 14 and say, we, we, the guy that we think is the sixth best player in this draft is a cornerback, and they say that's the route we're going and we're going to continue to operate with. You can't have it, too many cornerbacks, and we all look around and say, yeah, we all saw what happened last year. That's probably true. Oh, I think that's definitely conceivable. I mean, if, if it, let's say I know, you know Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. I don't think people think he's going to be around at 14. Um, maybe he is. Who knows? Right. He could be a surprise there, but if he's available and you can get an impact cornerback, I think that's absolutely a way they could go remember. You've got, yeah, you've got two all-pro cornerbacks or two Pro Bowl cornerbacks, but both of them are coming off significant injuries, and I don't think there's any question they would take an impact cornerback if that's if he's available and they view him as a first-round talent and it's on the board. I don't think there's any question they would, you know, that would be a move they would make, and I think it would it would make them a better team because um, keep in mind, you you know, you still you don't have. Tavon Young anymore is can Humphrey go inside and play the slot? If you added, if if let's say that Peters and Humphrey are both fully healthy, and you add another cornerback and you move Humphrey inside of the slot, and you've added Williams at safety, um, you're a much better defense. And yep. now 
you still have to be able to rush the quarterback. 100%. That's one thing you trade up. If 100%. You, if you take that cornerback in the first round and you don't, you know, you still got to figure out what you're doing at edge rush. So it's a fascinating time of year. It comes back to what we've been saying for two or three months, Glenn, is that the bottom line is this team coming off eight and nine has a lot of needs, and you're not going to fill them all with one pick at number 14. So you have to get an impact guy in that with that pick. Um, but you're certainly not going to fill all your needs with one pick. So are you surprised they haven't added a veteran receiver yet? No, I'm not. Uh, I think, you know, for the first time in like 100 years, it feels like they kind of like what they have there. I mean, I, there could be, there'll probably be a guy added, but it's. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they feel the deficit there that they've seen in previous years. I, I now, agree with that. I they don't they didn't need to go for the top. I I guess I mean more like the somebody to try to replace Sammy Watkins. You know, like someone in that that second tier that could just be a, a third, maybe fourth receiver on this team. I mean, they'll probably do that. But what what does that have, what does that what has that led to in the past five years? Right? What did they get out of Macklin? What did they get out of Watkins? It's it's it yeah they they might bring someone am i surprised they've done it so far no it, it, I, you know they, they'll probably grab a body for august or and see what that guy might be able to help but they want to give these young receivers a chance yeah i mean i think you need to do that i mean you're finally at the point where you feel like you like the receivers you have it won't surprise me if they do draft a receiver as well right just get another young guy in there but i i think we've seen enough of their you know, veteran retreads that they bring back on one-year deals, and and it's been for many of the times it's been it's been underwhelming. So I think if they're healthy, they want these young receivers to get their chances, and and I do think they'll probably bring someone in, but I'm not real surprised they haven't yet. He is Bo Smoke, a Pressbox Ravens beat writer. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, but, you know, it's a weird response from some folks to the Patrick Ricard signing, and they say, "Look, I know he's a good player. I just." frankly think it's money that could be spent elsewhere and that fullback is a luxury item that you you just don't need to have and you know maybe even combined with the idea that we think the Ravens can just find another fullback because that's kind of all they've done in their history is just constantly find another fullback I, I look at the money it, it's just not all that significant I mean we as much as there are people that that uh, you know it bothers them greatly that it's going to continue to be a Greg Roman offense, it's going to continue to be a Greg Roman offense. We know that means they're going to run the ball a a lot. That's what Greg Roman offenses do. I just can't help but think that they're better off having Patrick Ricard on the field than they aren't. And the fact that they didn't have to pay an overwhelming number in order to keep him seems like a good thing to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I. I thought it was a reasonable signing for the team. My understanding was that Patrick Ricard was actually looking for more money, almost like tight end type money. Right. And and it's hard for him to get that because first of all, he he is still more of a fullback than a tight end. I understand his versatility. I understand he played a lot on the line as almost like a blocking chipping tight end really at times. But he so he was out there looking for tight end type money. And he wasn't going to get that. And then there's just not that many teams that use fullbacks in the traditional sense. And this is one that does. I think the Ravens do see value in him. And so um, I think it was a reasonably valuable signing for them. I think it, I think if you ask Patrick Ricard, honestly, he's probably disappointed because he thought he was going to get more. Um, but for the from the Ravens' point of view, I don't have a problem with the signing. I think it does 
solidify. As long as you're a Greg Roman offense, right? This is the, if, if you're going to run this offense, which you've committed to by can, keeping Greg Roman, uh, Patrick Ricard has an important role in that. And so, for the Ravens to be able to bring him back, I think they brought him back at a number that the Ravens would have liked to bring him back at. I think Ricard would have probably liked more, but I think it's a decent value signing for the Ravens. I agree. I look, and and I don't know what that money was going to. Well, I mean, they tried to get Zadarius Smith, right? Like they tried to go that route. It didn't work out. It didn't happen. I, I don't know what else that money was being spent on at this point. That that was going to be better spent money than having the guy that's been a significant cog in what has been a dominant run offense when you've had healthy running backs. Yeah, and and honestly, they also tried to sign Bradley Bozeman. I mean, they made a they made a deal to, uh, an offer to Bradley Bozeman in. December or right. early January, and and Bozeman turned that down, and that was money that would have been spent, and maybe that money's not available for Ricard if they make that deal. Yep. But then Bozeman turns that deal down, and then it seems that the relationship between Bozeman and the Ravens kind of ended at that point. And because I mean, I think I think they could have easily afforded the two point eight million that Bozeman signed for with Carolina. Yep. But that was clearly a situation when the Ravens decided they were moving on from Bozeman. So I think I think the Bozeman deal. Definitely raised eyebrows to me more than the Ricard deal did. Um, in that Bozeman ended up as an eminently affordable one-year deal in Carolina, but the Ravens had obviously closed the door on that at that point. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, there's a little bit on both sides, right? There's the side where you you, you know you, you say, hey, if you're Bradley Bozeman, couldn't you have done better? And if you're the Ravens, why why couldn't you have just done this? Why couldn't you have been the team that paid that amount of money? But to your point, Bo, and it's something that I, you know, we talked about yesterday with Bradley and Nikki, and something that I've talked about all week. Sometimes this just happens where you reach a place and you just decide you're moving on on one side or the other. And you know, on on paper, we like to evaluate all these things and say, but the Ravens could have afforded this, or Bradley lost money, whatever it is. And it's just the way that it works. Sometimes, sometimes you get to a point where you say. We're going different directions. That's the end of it, and there's nothing you can do about that at that point. It's... No, it is, and it ha- you know it's it, it's 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 tricky, right? Because Bradley Bozeman was a good player, and obviously he was an extremely good guy in the community. Two-time right. Walter Payton Man of the Year for this team, highly highly uh, complimentary and great representative of the organization. Um, but it, it, you know, you'll hear it all the time. These guys talk about it's a business decision. He goes out there on the open market looking for his value. And if for Bozeman, and I wrote about this on Press Box Online yesterday, I think it was tricky for Bozeman because the market just kind of moved in a way that didn't help him. All these, there were three or four teams looking for centers because they had free agent centers. And then they all re-signed with their original teams. And then JT Treader from the Browns was released, and a couple other guys signed lower. Right. There was the word on the street that Bozeman was looking for top five, top ten center money, so teams found cheaper alternatives, and suddenly the market for Bozeman's not there. And so it was a, I think it was an awkward situation for him to have to leave, because I, I think he would have liked to stay, but at the same time, he turned down a pretty good offer here, so... Um, it, it, it's just how things fall sometimes, and, and you know, he moves on. And he looks for a, you know, a really a prove-it deal in Carolina, and, and he'll be back on the market. Or may, who knows, maybe he has a great year with Carolina, he gets extended by them this year. Sure. But that, it was fascinating to watch his market play out the way it did. But getting back to that, <clears throat> that leads me to, as I, we were saying, I think the Patrick Picard deal, for the Ravens' point of view, I think is a reasonable one for what they want to operate. And way back to your original question, right. I also think the Bozeman deal, they look around and say, well, we did pay Patrick McCarry. We do know he can play center. 
we did just sign a right tackle. Um, yeah, let's let's take a look at this. We got McCarry in the fold already. We have we have Cologne in the fold already, and we'll we might um, we we can always look at Linderbaum from Iowa, and we'll see where we go. But I did find the Bozeman thing to be really a really kind of fascinating study in market forces in free agency. All right, but before I let you go, there are going to be two rules change proposals related to overtime that the owners are going to consider. And there is also still the possibility they just stick with the way things are. Um, and they say, we don't, we don't care about this as much as you guys do, which they have done quite a few times over their history. Um, one, of course, is the idea of both teams have to see the ball come hell or high water. The, no football game will end without both teams seeing the ball in overtime, no matter what the first team does on the first possession. The other is that the team that gets the ball first can end the game if they'd like, but they have to score a touchdown and convert a two-point conversion in order to do it. What's your gut tell you about how this might play out, and what do you think is the best scenario for the NFL moving forward? My gut tells me it will stay the same. Not same here. I, same I here. think they will look at it, they'll look at it, they'll look, and they say, you know what, we're good. Um, I don't think the league really minds everyone talking about it. Um, good or bad, you know, I don't know if it's the old bad, any publicity is good publicity, but I don't think the league has, um, I just don't think they're really upset about how overtime plays out now. Fans, of course, they are screaming when the team doesn't get, when both teams don't get the ball. Personally, I would like to see a chance where both teams get the ball. I think there's different ways you can try to do that, but um, my gut is that it will not change it. I'm. I am of the. I. I think that they have. They've muddied the water, and you're going to get a bunch of people with a bunch of different opinions. And at the end of the day, they're just going to default back to what they're doing. And it's just the sense that I get. I am. I am very much of the opinion that both teams need to see the ball come hell or high water. But I am with you, Bo. I just think that uh, you have enough people with enough strong opinions, and they all walk in together. And we all know at these meetings that all these owners just want to get out of. They. They got. They got things they want to do. They don't want to be stuck in a room debating these types of things. They can't come to a consensus. They just keep it the way it is. And, and the NFL's just fine. We don't need to screw with it is the way they feel. Well, I tell you what, I think the most fascinating thing about this owners meeting is going to be how the other owners receive uh, Haslam and the Browns after this contract mm. they gave to Sean Watson. Mm. Because mm. you're talking about giving $230 million guaranteed dollars mm. to this quarterback who has the legal issues in his way. I know he was cleared criminally, but and to, and that is going to skew like so many things in terms of contracts in the future. I think I can't believe there's an owner in the league that looks at that deal and is pleased with it, and they've got to sit there and you know be in the room together. I think that will be fascinating. I I do wonder if it starts to break. You know, we talked a lot about the idea that at some point in the future the quarterback position could be separated from the salary cap or something along those lines. I wonder if. We, we are closer to having those conversations. I know that's probably something that has to be in a CBA, so we're, it'd be a long time before that could come up because we just did a new CBA a couple years ago. Or last year? How many? Boy, my God, my math is, is gone wrong. What, two years ago was the last CBA now? I guess 2022? So we'd still be a ways away from that being considered. All right, at Smoke on Twitter is how you follow him. Bo, you want to plug the podcast? Sure. We have a podcast on the Believe Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Uh, that I've been doing with Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. So, <coughs> excuse me, we uh, we had a show, our last show, we discussed some of these free agent moves. I have to say, when we first did the last show, Zadarius Smith had not backed out of the deal. But <laughs> um, 
he had a couple really interesting question, uh, talks. Uh, you know, Daniel Wilcox, former player, talked about free agency and talked about how players approach free agency. And it was very interesting to him talk about it. And I thought about Bradley Bozeman a lot because he talked about um, how is, you know, he just likes stability. And, may, and he would, he, Bradley, um, Daniel Wilcox, saying he, after a while, you just get tired. Of, again, he was a backup tight end. You get tired of living out of a suitcase. You get tired yeah. of building an apartment year to year. And he signed with the Ravens before getting to free agency. More, he probably could have tested the waters, but he just wanted the stability. The Ravens offered him a decent guarantee, and he said the stability at some point uh, mattered to him. The other fascinating thing he told me on the podcast was he thought the timing for a guy like Bradley Bozeman was tricky going out and looking for free agent money right now. He said when a team is 8-9 and nine and has lost six games in a row, uh, it, it's a hard time to be out there asking for a whole lot of money. Your team, your team had a losing record, and he goes, "That might not be fair." But and he even said to me, "Look, if you're a podcast host and you don't get any ratings, it doesn't matter how good you are. People aren't going to yep. go running to you." Yep. So he thought the Ravens' losing record. I remember the quote he used in our podcast was, "It's a tough time for Ravens to be out there asking for a lot of money." And I thought that was really interesting. So anyway, Daniel Wilcox often has a lot of really good insight. Um, so our podcast is on the Believe Network, that's B-L-E-A-V, and um, we'll have another show related to free agent developments next week. Excellent. You can always, of course, see his stuff at PressBoxOnline.com as well. Bo Smolka, I appreciate you, sir. We'll talk to you again real soon, all right? All right. Take care. Thank you. PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka joining us here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from local Toyota dealers today. Just quickly, because there were two specific questions that, Paul, you didn't put in your press conference that were brought up to me, and just so I can get them out of the way. One, the, I, I appreciate it, uh, Paul from Movielando. No, our special surprise guest on Wednesday is not Paul McCartney. I wish it was. It would have been amazing. He just said, is it somebody from the music industry? And I just knew, because we have, I, I, I assure you, I, look, um, bringing back Ryan Shell is a wonderful thing and a consulting. And as I said before, it's it's very ironic. I'm helping out over there. Ryan works at WBAL, and the fact that WBAL is willing to let him do this, they do not have to allow him to do. It. They could absolutely step in and say, "What the f are you talking about? You want to help out somebody else that they, they could be listening to us instead?" They didn't do that. Uh, so I owe a, a great deal of gratitude to WBAL um, that they were willing to let Ryan keep helping us. And so Ryan sat down and said. Do we want to go after Paul McCartney? <laughs> and I said, yeah, pal, let's go after Paul McCartney. I'm for it. <laughs> let's see if we can't get him on the program. Haven't heard anything. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be uh, happening if I had to guess. Um, but I would say for our show, this is a more significant guest. Even the, in the world, Paul McCartney is more significant for our show. I think this would be a more significant guest than even Paul McCartney would be. And then the other one, um, and thank you, Chris, for bringing this up. Um, there is another side of it with, with 105.7 that's changed for me. Like, I, and I think a lot of people, I've never, when I left CBS Baltimore, I never said anything like I would never go back to the station or I'd never go back to that uh, company or that building. In fact, I've worked for the company three times. Um, it's the same, I worked for CBS in Phoenix. I worked for them in D.C. I have no ill feelings towards the company in any way. Um, this is not me... You know, I, I'm not trudging back uh, anything along those lines. I I left them because I had an opportunity in Phoenix, and when I was 20, I was 23 years old, 22 years old, something like that at the time. 
Um, God, I, I cannot believe they put me on the radio at such a young <laughs> age. It is so recklessly stupid that they did that uh, back when we were launching the Ed Norris show. Um, I was a very young man, and I had an opportunity to go across the country and you know, experience a new market and a new place, and that was something that I wanted to do. I literally stayed within the same company as I moved from my first radio home at 105.7 and 1300 in Baltimore out to Phoenix. Um, so it, this was never me. I, I've, I've never once been fired or let go by the folks at CBS now, or Intercom, what it was, Infinity Radio when I started there, and now Odyssey. I've never in my life been let go by that company in any capacity. I've left three different times just to do something else. Or more recently when I was working down at 99.1 and 106.7, 99.1 went under and you know the drive down to D.C. became tedious for me. And it just was no longer... I, I didn't even ask over here. I might have still even been an employee to this day. I never... I just sort of said like, hey, I, it, it would be okay if you didn't schedule me any longer. It would be all right by me just because it was, it was a bit burdensome for me to continue doing that. So I'm not picking up my ball and going home. But, but, but Chris, your point, what Chris said is, was it your affinity for Mo that allowed you to go back to that place? And it was an interesting thing that he brought up. No, it's not that. But I have thought about that. And I've been dismissive of terrestrial radio in conversation. And I, I'd say that a million times. You've heard me say, I don't care if I ever do terrestrial radio again. But Mo did give me a different perspective because it's a reminder that you just never know who might be listening because it's what they what they can find or what they hear or what they Mo was a reminder that that station really mattered, and I did think about that. I, I did. I thought about that after Mo passed, and I think my willingness to do to and again I'm not. I don't, I don't like talking and ex- I don't ever like saying I'd never do something. Or I'm never gonna. I, I would bet a lot of money that you'll never hear me do a weekday, a weekday radio or weekly, not sorry, weekday, daily radio show ever again in my life. I I would bet that would be the case. I'm smart enough to know you just never know what the world looks like and you never know how things might change and so I don't just say it will never happen. But I would bet significantly that it would never happen again. But Mo did provide a reminder of how important radio can still be. Can still be. Not necessarily is, but can still be. And I did think about that a little bit, so I appreciate that, Chris. All right, when we come back in, uh, Angel Reese, Baltimore's own. Maryland women getting ready for a huge game tonight against Stanford in the Sweet 16. We're going to chat with her about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD Gambling help.org. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. You know what I had in my life last night? Finally got to try. I finally got me some Guinness thigh wings from Glory Days Grill. I knew I was going to be sitting at home watching. My God, what an overwhelming night of viewing it was between. I couldn't keep up. I was, and I, I, I was, I was making a lot of bets too. Like I, I just, I kind of had my juices flowing. I was doing some live betting because I really felt good about Villanova. I, I obviously nailed that. By the way, I hope you uh, took our advice from. Um, Live uh, casino and hotel social pages yesterday because said both Villanova and the under. That would have been a nice little twofer for you if you had parlayed those two things down in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, but, man, my God, there was just so much happening, right? Like the, between the soccer, which was boring as sin and frustrating because the U.S. just like I definitely should have won and definitely had the better of the goal-scoring opportunities. But as the match got into the final 20 minutes, the altitude was clearly affecting them, and they were gassed, and they were kind of fortunate that Mexico didn't end up scoring either. So in the end, I actually think a draw is probably a deserved result because even though the U.S. had the better of the scoring opportunities, Mexico was bringing... Did you watch last night, Cass? Did you get to watch the match? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I did. I, I, 
look, we all talking about like PFOC. What the hell was that right in front of the goal? Um, Pulisic, uh, Pulisic. Sorry. He's changed his name three times already. Mm-hmm. He's, he, um, he had an, a wonderful opportunity right in front of the goal that, that he gacked. So everybody's bringing those up. But nobody wants to talk about the fact the last 15 to 20 minutes of the match, it was all Mexico. I mean, it was nothing but the U.S. just defending and hoping like hell they didn't give up a goal and they could survive getting a draw at that point. I know. Their midfield looked absolutely, like, dreadful. They yep. just looked tired. Yep. Like, they looked like they were... They they weren't even getting past their own half at that point. And they've always struggled playing down there. Yeah. And I get the altitude is real and that there's like pollution and there's real issues that you deal with playing in Mexico City that aren't the same if you're playing, say, next week in or, or on Sunday in Orlando. Like, and I, I get that. that. I get that. But you're a professional athlete. I hear you. And, like, I hear you. Right. you. You're the U.S. team. You got a lot of money. You you get a lot of money. I, you should I be able you, to adapt to some weather uh, changes. I, I mean, the, you look at the NFL when people go out and play in Denver in, in September. They they got oxygen masks on and all that. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Got, I mean, think about Your body's it. Not and there there's isn't nearly lot, as much running as there is in but soccer. But there's a lot of technology and there's a lot of stuff that you can. You're saying do to prepare yourself. To prepare, right? Like, be smart. Like, if you know that you can't handle it, if you've had past occurrences where this affects you. Then why are you not taking that into consideration? I don't know. That's just me. I I, I got a question. So I I tuned in a couple of times to the soccer uh-huh. game. I actually had it on in the background for about twenty five minutes last Look night. Look at you. And, and I, and I Look hap- at you. And so I happened while well, I was doing show prep and whatnot. Of, and of I, all I, the things, of all the things Paul was concerned about, there's so many wonderful sports things happening last night, and Paul's definitely his attention was on a fake baseball game. It was. <laughs> like, that's exactly <laughs> that's, what that's, was going. That's, that's, that's my shtick. Um, and I saw. I don't mind if it's a real baseball game. It's just the fact that it's a fake baseball. And I saw. And I saw Pulisic miss miss the the goal that should ah. have been just buried. And then 100%. I saw what's his name? Reka? Is that his Reina. name? Reina. Oh, my with, God. With, the, with the ball handling skills. The, oh going across. Now let God. me ask you a question. I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. But is it really necessary? Like, oh. was it, no. Was it showboating? No. Or was no. It? no, no, no. That's the problem with men's soccer that I like. I would rather watch men's soccer because it's faster. It's quicker. And it's like the, the, competition no offense is much better the women's teams if you think about it the u.s dominates every team because other teams like women's sports isn't really taken as seriously so the other teams aren't as good but when you are on the men's side it's like the u.s men's team is actually at the lower of the level very much so and so it comes down to where they just like to play with their Little feet. Okay, but he had seven. nowhere to go with the ball. Gio Reyna came up one on nine, right? And there were four opportunities where he was looking around for somebody to pass the ball to, right? And nobody was there. Oh, it was awesome. Dudes were falling on the ground. It was hysterical. It but was I was in- like, really? it was incredible to see. But the point is, was he just supposed to stop and wait for everybody? Right. Like he's gonna keep trying to see if he can push forward. It was, and impressive. hopefully, at some point, one of these donkeys runs up. And helps him out a little bit. It's, it was infuriating. They've always, always struggled right in front of the goal. Every My, time. Like, well, yeah, they don't finish. They don't. You think about Wondolowski yeah. and the whatever. God, I can't even remember what year that was now. But against Belgium, and I'd still. I still. It was it was such a golden opportunity for them to beat Belgium in regular in, in 90 minutes in the World Cup and then end up losing an extra time. Not that I'm still thinking about it. I'm totally over it. Totally not. Still a big deal Glenn for me. Glenn doesn't All these. <laughs> totally cool with it. All's good. No big deal. What year would that have been? Was that 14 or was that 10? Whatever. I don't know. No, it was 14. Because 10 was Landon Donovan, right? 10 was the magical goal where uh, Tim Howard chucked the ball all the way downfield and Landon Donovan went down and scored in the, the final seconds. All right, anyway, moral of the story is I was watching all these sports last night, and I knew I was going to be watching all these sports. I said, what do I want 
to combine with my sports viewing. And I said, I know exactly what I want. I want Guinness thigh wings from Glory Days Grill. And they were every ounce. Look, the smoky thigh wings at Glory Days Grill alone, just perfection. This just gave it a little bit of a kind of a ting, just a little bit of a, a subtle nature to the taste and the flavor, the perfectly smoked thigh wing. So goddamn good. Oh, they're so good. I can't believe I was posting about them on social media, and I still got a message from them. Hey, what's that thing you order at Glory Days Grill? I talk about it every day. Love <laughs> every day. The Salivating. smoky thigh wings, but the Guinness thigh wings until the end of the month because it's the St. Patrick's menu. So you got until the end. You got one more week. If you haven't tried them yet, get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. What an accompaniment. I went with that, and then I got, you know how, how much I love the um, blue cheese grilled onion burger. That's my play. I do it with no bun. And then um, I got uh, some jasmine rice on the side. Ah, what a wonderful accompaniment it was for a night of watching basketball and soccer. And for me, some tennis as well. It was a lovely evening. Glorydaysgrill.com. All right, had to do this a little bit earlier on because they're getting ready for a big game tonight. But uh, we got the opportunity to catch up with Angel Reese from the Maryland women's basketball team right here on GCR. Well, tonight in the Sweet 16, the University of Maryland take on Stanford, the reigning national champions. Joining us now, the pride of Baltimore. She has been an absolute rock star since she's arrived at Maryland. She is Angel Reese, and she's with us here on GCR. Angel, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you again. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to chat with you, Angel. I'm sure you guys are super excited. Can I get like, a generic idea? Obviously, we, your team has been through so much this season, players being in, playing, players being out. Getting everybody back together, do you feel sort of like you've kind of flown under the radar and that you guys really have something to prove as you get into the second weekend of the tournament? Yeah, I mean, healthy Maryland is a scary Maryland, and going into the tournament, being able to see Stanford already and – in November, when we did see them, mm-hmm. we weren't a healthy team. Healthy team, so just being able to have the opportunity to, to see them again with a team that's healthy, and I think we're the underdog, so we have nothing to lose, honestly. So we're just going to go out there, play our hardest, and play for forty minutes, and the best team they win. Did, did you reference that? Obviously, you guys played in the Bahamas. Did, did you guys like even look at that or talk about it this week, or did you just sort of light it on fire and say, hey, we know that wasn't us. There's nothing we can learn from, from exactly looking at that tape and, and, and seeing what we did that night. Yeah, I mean, we can just learn from their gameplay and how they play. But, I mean, it's a completely different team that we'll see t- um, tonight rather than what we saw in November. But, I mean, we're ready. And how we did, we've been scouting Stanford. I mean, spring break. So we've been doing so much film, so much personnel. So much scouting, so I think we'll be ready this time. How much are you itching for this? You know, like th- this is such an opportunity <laughs> for you guys. Like this is the defending national champs. This is a team. Like, how much are you guys just been like licking your chops, getting ready for this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, I've been so excited. I've been dreaming about this. I've been thinking about this so much. I mean, even talking to coach about that 2014 team that lost in the ACC tournament, but then came to Spokane and got to the Final Four. So yeah. that's our plans, and we're just going to take one game at a time. I mean. Defending national championship team, they're a great team. Stanford's a really good team, well-oiled machine. So 
going to be a tough game, but I think we'll come out on top. Obviously, you had a huge game last time out, Angel, but I, it, it, what jumps off the page at me is like what your backcourt is doing for you guys right now through these first couple of games of the NCAA yeah. tournament. Is, is there a point where you almost just want to like get out of the way and just say, hey, keep, keep shooting, like, keep shooting yeah, all I mean, night? Katie, Katie, yeah, Katie having Katie Diamond, Ashley, I mean, all of them healthy, Chloe. So we have so many weapons. I mean, sometimes I just get out the way and just rebound the missed shots <laughs> and just let them do their thing. So they've been rolling. I mean, I'm letting them roll. And when it's my t- chance to go, I go. So we're, we're rolling right now. She is Angel Reese. She's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio as they get ready for Stanford tonight in the NCAA tournament. What did it, what did it do for you guys, you know, confidence-wise, to put together two performances like that? And I know that, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from those two teams, but neither one of them are Stanford, of course. But to just yeah. play as well as you did and then not – how much confidence can you take from a weekend like that and and the nature of those wins over Delaware and Florida Gulf Coast? Yeah, I mean, it was just a great confidence booster, especially coming from the Big Ten tournament and um, losing in the Big Ten tournament early and then just coming back on our home court, having our fans, our amazing fans. Being able to win in that environment was just amazing. I mean, of course, they weren't Stanford, but they were also two good teams that will get us ready for this game. So I think it would just help us a lot with our confidence and just going into the next game to be ready. You know, you referenced a couple times the Big Ten tournament. And look, we that was a good Indiana team that you guys played, right? Like oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's not yeah. like you guys were upset by somebody you had no business losing <laughs> to in that game. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, the Big Ten has been one of the toughest conferences in the country. I mean, we have four teams that are in Sweet 16 right now, right. and that's tied for another conference. So, I mean... The Big Ten is no slouch. I mean, we're 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 definitely tough. So I mean, Indiana is a great team, and it was a learning lesson. But being able to come back home again and just gain that confidence by these two wins is just really important. I, I bring that up only because you know, like again, noting it wasn't like a, an upset. Did it? That, that still being said, Maryland, of course, you guys aren't used to losing in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Did mm-hmm. it? Did it provide? A little bit of, you know, I don't know if wake-up call is the right term or just something that maybe gave you an extra kick of inspiration as you got into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, it kind of humbled us a little bit just going into the tournament. I mean, more of a chip on our shoulder. We didn't even know if we were going to get a four seed. So being able to be the underdogs, unlike last year, where we were just winning a whole bunch of games and the highest-scoring team in the country. So I think it feels much better. I mean, I feel so much better going to the tournament this year and being able to have that chip on our shoulder and, going in as the underdog, so I'm excited. That's awesome. Uh, we have not chatted with you since about this time last year, and obviously for your family, things kind of changed a little bit. What was it like this year having little brother around? Um, did you did you get <laughs> sick of him at any point? Did you sort of say, like, hey, give me my space? Like, how did all that work? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so much fun having my brother on campus. I mean, being able to go to his games, he comes to my games, we cheer for each other. And even just for my mom, she comes to all the games. I mean, she's on her way right now. Yeah. It's okay to come see us play Stanford. So it's just exciting to be able to have everything in one for her and just me and my brother be, to be able to be here. She is really like the ultimate team mom, isn't she? Like, yes. Yeah, I, I saw she was at the press conference. The, the She was at the, the press oh, conference yeah, yeah, the other yeah. day. She's constantly like tweeting. She really is like the ultimate Maryland mom. <laughs> yeah, she does it. She loves her kids and she's very compassionate about us and makes sure we're always in a good space, good environment. And, I know she's really happy that now she's only can focus on one team and focus on my team, so she can come to my game out here and not have to like split between two. Well, but but she's hopefully, a great mom. hopefully, in future years, there might have to be a little bit more travel between. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even this when we played at South Carolina and, and they were playing in the Madison Square Garden in New York against Florida, 
she ha- she had to just stay home because she couldn't pick which one to go to. But like the Bahamas, she was able to go. Because yeah, that's cool. Both of us were that's it. That, so that was the best thing. For that us. really is cool. Oh, that is really really cool. Hey, you know, when we talk about your mom, obviously, I think a lot of people know she was a a, a basketball player herself. Of course, what what's yes. the best thing from a basketball standpoint? Obviously, she probably taught you a million things as a mom. But what's the best? Yeah, I mean. Basketball-wise, she's always, I mean, that's where I get my rebounding from. She was, like, the number two out of, in the country at one point in rebounding um, in her college, so, in her college days. So, I mean, she's gotten me to that point of being able to be a great rebounder. Um, she's She was aggressive in the paint as well, so that's kind of where I get it all from. That's cool. And obviously, we know you are tough as hell. Jeez. You Thank are. you. <laughs> there is, it, it, it is, you. it is just wild to watch you play. Angel Reese with us here on uh, GCR as we get ready for Maryland Stanford tonight out in Spokane. Um, Angel, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I, I happen to see a video that came out this week. You've been able to take advantage of NIL this year. Can you tell me yeah. what that's like for you as an athlete to have that opportunity and what it means for you to sort of learn that side of the world, business, that type of stuff? How, how cool has that been for you partnering up with Jimmy's doing th- things like that? Yeah. NIL has been amazing for me. I mean, all the money that I'm getting, I have no choice but to save it. Um, so I have been saving a lot of money. And, of course, like, when I go into the real world after college, I'll have a good money, amount of money to sit on going out. So, I mean, it's been great, all the opportunities that I've been given from different partnerships, different food places. I mean, I've been doing so many deals and even doing partnerships with my brother. It's also been a good thing. So, um, That's cool. of course, like this summer, hopefully I can do – more things with my brother that's cool that you know i didn't even think about that side of it right like you guys kind of have the like a pretty huge advantage over some other people in terms of of marketing opportunities that's that's really really cool angel let let me let me let me play it as simple as this uh tonight you guys will be able to take down the monster that is stanford if you do what how do we finish that sentence Play Maryland basketball. Just playing Maryland basketball as we've been playing these last few games. I mean, we're unstoppable when we play our defense and letting our defense go into our offense. I mean, our defense sparks off everything, and I know that Stanford is a well-oiled machine. So we are we have to make sure that we don't take any possessions off. We play a full 40 minutes. So just playing Maryland basketball for 40 minutes. I mean, it sounds. Now we just got to go do it, right? It's as simple as that. It sounds yeah. good. Now you just got to go make it happen, and it's 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 all that it takes. And and clearly, I know that's the standard for you guys, and I know that's what it's all about. Hey, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this as the last one, just because I happened to bring it up with Brenda last week. Uh, the boys, uh, her two sons, being around as much as they've been this season. <laughs> how, how what has that been like for the whole team? How cool has that been? She said this is the most involved they've ever been with the team. What has that been like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, they're a hype beast. I mean, one time I remember I blocked the shot and said, give me that. And her son took it to his game and said that I got a technical <laughs> foul. And she, was, and she was talking about, you can't say that. You're telling my boys what to say. And they're looking at you and looking at you and saying that stuff. I said, my bad, Coach. So they look up to us. I mean, they're so cool to hang out with. Um, some of my teammates even play one-on-one and play the game, video games with them because they have all the video games. So they're so much fun to hang around. They're like our little brothers, so they're just so much fun. That is such an awesome story, Angel. <laughs> that yeah. is so cool. All right, at yeah. Reese10Angel is how you follow her on Twitter. What about on Instagram, Angel? Where can people be giving you a follow? 
Um, my Instagram name is Angel Reese Ten. Angel Reese Ten. Of course, the pride of St. Francis, Angel Reese. Uh, can't wait to see you guys go uh, shock the world tonight and uh, and get a huge win and continue this path towards the Final Four. Appreciate you taking the time for us as always. Thank you so much and congratulations on all of the success that you've had already. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ms. Angel Reese, Maryland, Stanford tonight, 9.30 out in Spokane in the Sweet 16. They date in the Elite Eight at stake. And Look, um, it did not go well for Maryland against Stanford when they played back in November in the Bahamas, but as Angel pointed out, they were decimated uh, for that trip uh, after they had just gotten a huge win over Baylor. They were really, really depleted, so I don't know how much you take from that game. This is as healthy as they've been all season. They, they didn't you know, they got fortunate with Florida Gulf Coast pulling off the upset in round one that, you know, they didn't have to play any a power in round two in order to get here. But um, what was her quote was, uh, a healthy Maryland is a scary Maryland, and I agree with that. Now this is a monstrous test. This is a monstrous test of that tonight against Stanford, so we'll see. I'm going to show my ass here a little bit. Mm, but uh, is, uh, you know, I don't is, know if that's appropriate. <laughs> is, is Angel Reese the one who broke her foot last year and was out? For a good portion of the season, uh, Angel Reese did have an injury. I'm trying or to remember. Or maybe it was like her; she really severely hurt her ankle. She had it was a broken foot. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, it was a broken foot. Yes. She's a hell of a player. She's a damn hell of a player. She's a damn good player. She's an absolute beast. I mean, like she's just a monster inside. Um, so yeah, look, man, they got their backcourt is con- is connected right now, and Awasu and Diamond Miller they are knocking down shots. You know, if they can if they can translate that against a more difficult opponent, they're going to have a chance tonight against Stanford. But it will not be easy. Uh, big one tonight, nine thirty for that game. Stanford's the number one overall seed, or but they're the defending national seed? champions, the number one seed in the region. Yeah, number one seed in the region. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, you want to tune in for that tonight, um, and I get it. There's a lot going on as there was last night, and I. It's it's such a wonderful time. My God, it's just such a great... I love this month so bad. I was talking about sitting around and watching games last night. By the way, tonight's game is on ESPN, uh, following the North Carolina-South Carolina game in the women's tournament. That's where you'll be able to watch it. Um, if, just a quick reminder. Let me pause for a second, give a quick reminder that you should know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.com. Dot org. Um, as far as last night's men's games are concerned, I am as disappointed as everyone else that Duke managed to figure out a way to get past Texas Tech. I was feeling really good about it. All of a sudden, Duke goes to the zone. Texas Tech defecates themselves, which is not ideal in the, the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament, and can't get it done. And then Roach and Bancaro just absolutely took over for Duke. The way Duke played down the stretch, I don't think they missed a shot in the last seven minutes of the game. They play like that, they're beating anybody in this tournament. Now, they haven't played like that consistently. So, like my buddy Matt Torper reached out to me, because it's starting, last night really took a lot of folks out of our bracket contest. It was, uh, it was a bloodbath last night in our bracket contest. A lot of people suddenly rooting for St. Peter's to win it all to try to reset the con- contest and give themselves a chance, because... Just about everybody lost their national champion to this point. Uh, of the 50 brackets in our contest, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of us have our national champion still in play. I am out. Who did you have? I had Gonzaga versus Auburn and Gonzaga winning the whole thing. 
I still have all four of my final four teams. Look at you. So I have the highest max points still available of anyone in the bracket contest. Um, there are three of us that had Villanova winning it all. John Colson and Ivan Lutwin were the others. Um, I in pretty good shape. If Villanova wins it all, I'm going to win the bracket contest. But, you know. If you I, win your own bracket contest, you have to give all your winnings to charity. I will definitely. They will definitely be more going the way of show your soft side. I will probably uh, keep my own original money that I paid to get in, and then the rest will probably go we've, to show your We've got a bit of a of a Jim Halpert beans on the pictures uh, in the office. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what this is all about. I would have be well within my right to keep all of the money. <laughs> Just give if it I win, I'd be well within my right to do that. I will most certainly, as you guys know, I'm going to be a emceeing Project Runway. I love Show Your Soft Side, so I will almost certainly make more of a donation of the winnings to the folks at Show Your Soft Side. That will almost certainly happen. Um, I'm trying to think of any reason why it might not. I'm trying to think if there's somebody else that I could do something for. It will probably all, whatever I do, I will give it to Show Your Soft Side. Um, now the other, what I am afraid of though is Duke because they played so well last night, and again they've got the the advantage of the emotional side of things, and the advantage of the NCAA probably wanting them to be in the championship game. And I'm not saying that they're telling the officials to call games a certain way, but I think the officials maybe are thinking about that as they officiate these games moving towards the title game. So I'm nervous about that. The only good news is that there's only one person that picked Duke to win the national title. Uh, that's Terry, and he is really far back, so far back that he might not even be able to overcome it just by Duke winning the national title in our bracket contest. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I am I'm very happy with how Villanova played. The, the thing that I thought of from Villanova going into the tournament has continued to be true, and frankly, I think Houston's a better matchup for them than Arizona is in the Elite Eight. Now, that being said, Houston played incredibly well last night, too. And, you know, I think because Houston plays in the American, we kind of forget about them a little bit and how good they are. But we also what they did running to the Final Four a year ago. And, you know, some of those key pieces back this year, they've looked great to this point. They, they dominated Arizona, frankly, last night. But Arizona just kind of looked a mess throughout the course of that game. Um so Houston Villanova on one side, Duke Arkansas on the other side. I'm the biggest pig suey fan ever. John from Little Rock, teach me more chants. Woo! I don't know how you how you call hogs, but I'll learn. Woo! Sue! Sue! I'll do it. I'll do it for forty minutes. On, I have no idea what it actually sounds like. I think it's supposed to sound somewhat something like something like that. I think. Yeah. I think is what it's supposed to sound like. So, teach me more chants. I I I I, uh, I don't know exactly what they do, but I know they do the woo pig suey. I know they do WPS. It's like a thing that they tweet about. Give me more. Give me more because I am the world's biggest Arkansas fan. Um, come Saturday, as I actually had Arkansas going to the Final Four in my bracket, but <sighs> I'm nervous about how good Duke looked. Nervous about that. They look like I, for as much as they have been a mess all season long. That looked like the team that beat Gonzaga early in the year, the team that just clicked and that their their key pieces played brilliantly. I mean, Roach played brilliantly. Bancaro played brilliantly last night. That makes me nervous. And credit to Arkansas because Arkansas really kind of kicked Gonzaga's ass. And we can all do the bit where we you know keep talking about how fraudulent Gonzaga is. Like they, like they haven't been to multiple national championship games. Like they are not – there's nothing fraudulent at all about Gonzaga's program. They have proven that you can win a national championship playing in a league like that. They just haven't done it. 
They've been there twice. Yeah, I mean the the other team that's playing against them in the national yeah, they, championship, they tried they're, to. they're pretty good too. Right. You know, like if we do this bit all the time, where we're like, "Oh, Gonzaga's fraudulent," you know, they'll never win anything playing in a weak league like that, and they just stockpile wins. Like, no, they regularly go back it up and make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. They came up short last night playing against a really good and really well coached Arkansas team. It changes nothing about Gonzaga. If you want to say. You know, how could a team that has Nembart, um, Timmy, and Chet Holmgren fall short? I don't know if you – Baylor fell short too. Arizona – I mean, like, good teams lose because it's one game. You have one off night or one night where the other team just plays really well. That's the nature of the tournament, man. We, we act as though the tournament is separating. I get it. It's how we define Mark Turgeon. And what we forget is that often it comes down to a little bit of luck. We were talking about this with Kevin Willard this week, and – um, Derek Gordon pointing out, like, hey, that year we won the Big East tournament. That it's ironic. We we're just talking about altitude, right? He's like, we got shipped off to Denver, and we shouldn't have been a six seed. We deserve to have a better seed than that, based on what we had done. If we had been seeded correctly and maybe not shipped to Denver, where we had never played before, because they're on the Big East, or almost nobody on the roster had ever played at the altitude. We probably would have done something more significant, and they happen to play Gonzaga, and now imagine Gonzaga as 11 seed. It all kind of worked against them. There's an amount of luck that's involved, and I'm not defending Mark Turgeon because you got 10 years to try to figure out and improve upon your luck, but that is the nature of the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga has proven you can do it. They've done everything but win the national championship. There's no they always lose in the second weekend. There's no none of that. They have made multiple trips to the national championship game. Mark Few has proven he can win a national title. He just hasn't quite done it yet. That's it. But credit to Arkansas for that last night. That was a phenomenal performance from that. We'll talk more tournament when we come back in, and we'll talk more about Kevin Willard as Rodney Elliott is going to join us next. Still to come today, we are going to have Did This Really Happen with our friend Papa Cass. Today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Police Department. As they are looking for some folks, join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein caught up with former copping guard Aaron Robinson, who is now quite the college basketball media mogul. He's got his own company, but he's also worked with NBC, and he's worked with Field of 68, and he has really gotten into not, not just analyst work, but college basketball reporting Despite being a former player himself, it was a great conversation. You can find that right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video. And earlier in the week, Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Orioles skipper Dave Tremblay, who is now working in the MLB Draft League. Those shows available for you now. Man, I've been having a lot of fun hanging out with this guy. Boy, there were a lot of Rodney Elliott fans out in the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel last Friday. That was really cool. We're going to be back for the title game coming up Monday, April 4th. When we started this, I said, hey, Rodney, are you a better at all? And he's like, nah, man, not really. I'm starting to think that maybe I have changed this man as he was having some success and some luck betting last Friday. He is our buddy, former Dunbar star and Terps standout, Mr. Rodney Elliott, noodles himself. He's back with us here on GCR. Have I turned you into a better now, Rod? If, 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 if there's a thing called positive peer pressure, um, <laughs> I think my time with you over there at the casino um, could be a, a great word to put on that. Rod- so, yes, Rodney, in fairness, though, uh, the, the, the parlay that I tried to have you play, that did not go well. And then Rodney looked at me and said, I'm going to do my own thing for a little while. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, he started betting some unders, and that paid off a little bit better for him as the day went on. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. That was- that's that's been kind of successful for me, and it, and it's more it's a little bit more straightforward for me. So yep, yep. It's weird when you bet an under because then it's you're just rooting for every shot that somebody misses and every turnover. We're the guys cheering at the TV whenever the ball gets turned over. Yeah, turn it over. Way to go. It's a very bring the ball. Weird. Bring the ball. Run the clock. Run the clock. That's what I'm for, late late in the clock shot. We love all of that. All right, Rodney Elliott, let's talk about a couple things. Uh, first, your reaction to Kevin Willard, uh, to the hire, to his early press conference, and, and his hiring so far on his staff. What do you think of the new Maryland men's basketball coach? I like it. I like it. I mean, um, from everything I'm hearing, not necessarily their first choice, but um, I like the fact that um, they got someone who's young, they got someone who is excited about the opportunity to coach in the Big Ten, um, from the uh, he's had some type of success in, in Seton Hall, meaning you know they've been in the um, thick of it when it comes to Big East tournament play, and then even when it comes to some NCAA appearances. So now that he's taking the job here at Maryland, he's hired two Maryland guys so far. So to me, that seems like he understands the importance of uh, um, having a presence here in the DMV area, but also just keeping the guys here, right? Yep. Or making it hard for guys to go. Yep. That's another thing, too. So um, I'm excited for it, and hopefully they can come with some success. It's going to take some time, but um, I'm here for it. What you allude to, the fact that you know he's been to the NCAA tournament a bunch. He just hasn't really had any success yet. Uh, one right. in five in the NCAA tournament right. in his career. Do you believe that the upgrade in resources, when we talk about Seton Hall, there's no football team there to prop up the athletic department. They don't have an on-campus arena. The arena isn't even close to campus. They don't can't profit off it the same way. Do you believe that the upgrade in resources from a place like Seton Hall to a place like Maryland can be the difference maker in translating to, if, if you are a good coach, you can get higher seeds and be in better shape to win games in the NCAA tournament. I think you can get players that want to get better because they see they can get better at College Park, meaning the competition in the Big Ten, meaning the facilities that they have there, um, you know, the opportunity to play in front of bigger crowds. Um, you know, the DMV area is a sports, D.C. area, Maryland, we're, we're a sports town. So you can if you're, if you're good, you can compete with, the commanders and you compete with the Ravens and, you know, the Orioles and nationals. So, you know, there's a spot for, um, uh, a player who wants to come here and, and, and get better and win and succeed at a high level. So, you know, that's the key to me. You got to get guys, the guys that, that, that want it and want to learn how to get better. So if he can do that between the recruiting and taking advantage of the portal, I think, um, Maryland is on the upside when it comes to, getting back, being consistent um, when it counts to me. Tournament play and NCAA. Yep, obviously. That, and that look, that's that's the big difference. That's what hasn't existed here, unfortunately, yeah. uh, for, for quite a few years now at this point. He's Rodney Elliott again. He'll be with us again on April 4th for the title game in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll have more great giveaways, betting advice. Hey, you know, one of the things that Rodney was riding last week, and I was, you know, kind of a little, I don't know how I feel about this, Rodney was very confident in telling you guys in the sports book, go bet the Maryland women to cover in their first Dang. round meeting. He was you were hammering that from the moment we got there. You were like, Delaware, they got no no problem. I don't care that it's a big number. And you nailed that one. They won by like thirty in that game. Um <clears throat> 
are you feeling what do you feel about tonight in Stanford? That might be a little bit tougher. Oh man, it's definitely gonna be a tougher game today, but um uh, Coach Free's gonna have her players ready to go. They've been preparing for this this moment all year. No disrespect to the regular season and the other Big Ten games, but they've had a mission to get to the back to the tournament and go deep in the tournament. So I wasn't surprised at all about them handling their first two opponents. Obviously, against Stanford's going to be different, but they're on a neutral playing field. Um, you know, they have a um, some All-American women there that can put the ball in the hole. They play great defense. Um, the energy is always high there. So as long as they can stay um, healthy and, and they're hitting shots, um, I think they have a good chance to get Stanford. they got to play D, though. And they got to watch their head because Stanford, they got they got a woman on there that can dunk. Right. Like, I saw she got a steal in an open court, and I'm like, whoa. That's yeah. I've never seen before. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the number in that one is seven and a half. Maryland is getting seven and a half in that game. If you're headed down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for tonight, we just had Angel Reese on the show. I know Let how much. Let me ask you this. Is there a... Is there a line for the dunk in the game? I don't think they've got it. They should. They should have a line for that. <laughs> maybe for the t- if Stanford made the title game, maybe they would throw that in. As a- That's going to be the fun thing about you and I being there for the title game is there will be all sorts of wild props for that game. There will be all sorts of stuff that we'll be able to look at and um, and and throw bets in on for the title game. Like to- By the way, there are some props in the Maryland-Stanford game tonight. Here's a silly one. Will tonight's game go to overtime? No. Is a literal uh, uh, fifty to one favorite that there will not be overtime in tonight's game right. between Maryland and Stanford. So there are some props available, but the dunk is not one of them. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous after watching last night, uh, as like any anybody any other decent American, and clearly folks in this area, Rodney. I of course hate Duke, and I do not want to see uh, happiness for Mike Shashevsky in his final <laughs> season as a head coach. And I'm a little bit nervous because. The way they played in the second half last night, going to the zone, and then Roach and Bancaro just, like, not missing a shot in the final eight minutes of the game. Um, we've been waiting. and I say I say waiting. We haven't, we haven't wanted it, but we've wondered if the talent was there that Duke could ever put it all together the way they had. They did it against Gonzaga earlier in the year. That last night against a really good Texas Tech team, if they can keep that going, they are absolutely capable to me of winning the national championship, and I hate the thought of that. Ooh-wee. That was a great basketball game last night. I'm just going to take away the fact that they had the blue and white on, but that was a great basketball game last night. I think the defensive pressure was fantastic last night. They were flying around. Um, it looked like Texas Tech had the game handily, but a couple stops. Remember when I mentioned in the in FanDuel, Teams need a couple stops in a row. Yep. Duke got three, two, three or four. They were they were down by two with like three minutes yep. left, and then Bancaro hit a three going into the media of the timeout, and then they got three straight stops and the game was over. Three straight stops and the game's over. That's all you need sometimes. And I think you know we know Coach K team is always going to be prepared to play situations, and that's what big time basketball is all about when it comes to the tournament. Can you handle situations? Can you handle the waves? of a defensive slump, or can you handle the wave, you know, when a team comes out and they hit three, four in a row. So Duke played really well down the stretch. They got great contributions from Roach. I just found out, a friend of mine just texted me, said that that is Romeo Roach's son. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
really good friend of mine who was around during the Maryland times with. Um, you better not Frank be rooting Rose. for him. Oh my God, you better not be rooting for him. No, 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 no. I'm not rooting for Duke right now. I'm I'm rooting for great basketball, but you know my money's still on Villanova right now, and they did well against the Michigan team. So. Um, you know, as long yep. as Villanova gets to that Final Four championship game, I think I'm good in one of my brackets. You, so I've got you, a group text going on, and I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of the pack. Yeah. You and I are both alike in that way. I, Villanova was my pick. Actually, I'm gonna have to have Paul do some work on this. We did a, a, a one of these videos for social for Live Casino Hotel where I, I was on Villanova like with four weeks left in the regular season. I said go put a futures bet in on Villanova to reach the Final Sweet. Four. So. I just need – I mean, Houston looked good last night, too, so I'm a little nervous about that, but we know it's going to be a rock fight. Villanova is going to keep the pace uh, slowed down, and uh, we'll see if they can't take advantage of that on Saturday as they play there. As far as tonight's concerned, the uh, the national darling, of course, is St. Peter's. Um, the number there is, I believe, still 12-and-a-half that St. Peter's is getting, Rodney. The last two times the 15 seed has been in the Sweet 16 – uh, a year ago, Oral Roberts lost by 12, but that was a really competitive game that just ended up being extended out to 12. And mm-hmm. uh, we go back to that Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast team. That team only lost by two to Florida in the Sweet 16. I, I just get this feeling that like once you get past the first two rounds, it, it kind of doesn't matter who you were. Like You are who you are now. You're, you're the team that beat two really good teams in Kentucky and Murray State in order to get to this point. I got a funny feeling. I know Purdue's big, and that does scare me. Like, they overwhelmed Yale in the first round when I thought Yale could cover. But I don't know, man. Like, I I got a funny feeling that St. Peter's has a chance to hang around in this one. Great way to put that. I mean, you know, when you get past the first two, Sweet 16, you are are who you are at that particular point. Um, You're going based off of what you just did the weekend before. And I'm pretty sure St. Peter's has been watching tape and they're going to do what they've been doing well, but they also watch tape on Purdue and know that they got to control their size. Purdue is huge. Purdue is big. they got to control them boards. they got to get those bigs out of the game. So I know um, Coach Staff there is finding a way to keep. Nope. I think we just lost Rodney Elliott. We'll see if we can't get him back to finish up his thought. But We're about to wrap up anyway, but we'll let him finish up that thought. Here in one second as uh, Rodney Elliott joins us getting ready for our next hangout in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel on April 4th for the National Championship game. We want you to be there with us. Great giveaways, betting advice, and just an awesome atmosphere for watching the game. And don't forget that any $50 bet that you make on an NCAA tournament game in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You can register that bet to win a $500 bracket bonus if you're a Live Rewards member. you got to just go up to the window. If you're not signed up for Live Rewards, just go up to the window. They will take care of it for you, get you signed up for Live Rewards, and 10 Live Rewards members will all get a $500 bracket bonus just for making a $50 bet on an NCAA tournament game. Rodney Elliott back with us. Rodney, you were talking about Shaheen Holloway and his staff and how they're getting uh, St. Peter's ready for Purdue. Yes, they're going to come out here with an S on their chest, and it's not going to be for St. Peter's. It's going to be for Superman because that's how they've been playing. They've been playing super right now. They've been getting contributions from everyone, and um, Shaheen has had them guys poised for the moment, and they're looking at a, a, a Elite 8 opportunity. Elite 8 opportunity. Unreal, All they got to do is put together 40 solid good minutes. So they play good defense, 
They rebound the ball. They hit shots. I think they have a chance to not only compete and, and cover the spread, but they could, they, could, they could come out of there with a win. Oh, my. I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to go there. <laughs> I just – it's so funny. The, the guys we were hanging out with and, – and what a great time. Thank you to everybody who came out last Friday, man. We could not have had a better time. It was a cool group. Uh, it was it was neat the connection that uh, the guys next to us had with uh, with our buddy Bino Ranson and his family. That was a really yeah. cool thing. Um, but there was somebody in the group behind us that just kept saying, "Yo, Yale has never seen a human being this big." And they were talking about Zach Eady from Purdue. There is a small part of me that worries about that with St. Peter's. That like just the sheer size that Purdue has. I, it ends up overwhelming them at some at some point. There's just nothing they can do about that, even if they do everything else well. I'm still a little nervous about that, Rod. They got to frustrate them early. They can frustrate them early, maybe get him in foul trouble, crowd him when he gets the ball in the post. But you know what? They got to outrun him as well on the offensive end. So you can't just let him post up in the paint and get away with shooting those jump hooks, you know, tip-ins, things of that nature. Got to make him work on defense. So if I'm Shaheen Holloway, I'm finding a way to put that guy in some pick-and-rolls get him away from the basket so we can attack the basket, get early scores, and possibly get him in foul trouble. So you get him off the floor, then it makes it pretty much even because, again, at the end of the day, we're all here in the Sweet 16 trying to get to the Elite Eight. No doubt about it. No doubt. All right, Ronnie Elliott, um, we will talk again. Probably talk to you the day of the title game to get us ready, preview the title game that night, and then we will be seeing you on April 4th in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the championship for sure. game. Can't sure. wait, man. Appreciate Glenn, you as always. Shout out to you and and, and, and Rita for the new gig you guys have ah, fall. Appreciate that, Rod. Appreciate that, man. We uh, of course you know how much I love Rita and I know how much you love Rita too. Rita she is she is an un, just a, a brilliant talent, man. Uh and anytime you get to hang <laughs> she knows out this stuff she sure. really is good. Anytime you get to hang out with her, that's a good time, man. I like that a lot. All right, brother. I'll talk to you. Thank you, my friend. Have a good one. Rodney Elliott, Noodles, appreciate him as always hopping on with us, taking a couple of minutes as uh, we get ready for uh, the rest of the weekend in the NCAA tournament. All right, so, Paul, you were trying to get everybody all riled up, huh? You were trying to to, to get uh, people flaming this morning in Orioles Twitter, eh? Yeah, I've been calling a company guy. And that, that one guy that called you. Yeah, that. yeah, but it, it, it really, it, it really that stuck one, in my craw. One guy has really bothered you. Yeah, it, well, because look, I I stand to more, to lose more listeners and more followers based on my opinion than I than if I were to, uh, than if I were to go the other way. Um, but look, the writing's on the wall. Okay, so hang on, let's pull, let's let's, let's slow down, let's pull it back. Uh, Paul uh, wrote something for Utah Street Report today. Um, which unfortunately I was struggling to find because it's it shows Derek is having written it. Uh, I believe he fixed it. I got though. that fixed. All right, that's good news. So Paul wrote something about the Trey Mancini thing that we've been talking about this week, um, which is we had this conversation with Dan Connolly yesterday. And Dan uh, at The Athletic this week sort of hypothesized that it's possible at this point the trade could happen even before the season begins. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, it might just be inevitable that they end up trading him at some point during the season. And there are so many unique layers to this conversation that, to me, it's complicated. I will absolutely not be surprised at all if the Orioles trade Trey Mancini. But I, for the last couple of years, have kind of come around on the idea of, but why? What are you getting And it would that was the thing that pissed people off a couple of years ago when I first brought even even before cancer i started having these conversations mm-hmm. what do you think you have 
Trey Mancini is a nice baseball player and a guy that can be a helpful piece. But every organization in baseball believes they have their own Trey Mancini. Yep. Either already on the team or someone that they can call up to be their Trey Mancini. A positionless guy with a fair amount of pop and a pretty good hitter who's not moribund defensively. He's not awful by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not a plus defender anywhere. He's a guy in the outfield. He's he's slightly more than a guy at first base. I mean, the, the problem is it's really hard to be a good defensive first baseman because it's first base. You know what I mean? Like, the we, it's not that hard. It's incredibly hard. Right. There's that. Yeah. Thank you, Scott Hatterberg. Um, there's, there's, you know, like there's the famous uh, the, the toe. You can have it. You can be better at stretching for the ball. You can. There's a couple of things you can do to stand out defensively at first base. It's hard to stand out at first base. He's not awful. He's not. He is capable. He's no worse than Ryan Mountcastle defensively. Uh, I would say he's probably better than Ryan Mountcastle at. At the other positions, I don't know what Ryan Mountcastle would look like at first base yet. Well, he's um, been playing first base since basically the second half of last year. I I don't know yet that he has. There's nothing he's done that's stood out to me in some sort mm-hmm. of way. He's just to me the guy that's playing first base when he plays first base, yeah. right? Like he's not. I haven't seen anything that says he's a bad first baseman. I haven't seen anything that says he's a particularly good defensive first baseman. He's just the guy standing over at first base, and that's about what I would say about Trey Mancini. Right. Right. That's about what I would say. Maybe I would give him a slight edge just because I've seen him do more of it. I would say he's probably, to me, I'd be more comfortable with him defense, but we're, we're splitting hairs. It's kind of mm-hmm. an irrelevant uh, part of the conversation. So I've maintained, even before cancer, there was just no world in which it really made sense to me for the Orioles to trade Trey Mancini because you couldn't recoup something that would replace the value that you have for Trey Mancini. There was no – Kyle and I used to get into the, the horrendous arguments about this. Oh, there's there's a, a team could have an injury at the trade deadline and just be like – that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for that. There's plenty of things they're looking for. And if you're willing to give that up, if you're willing to just let Trey Mancini go, they'd be happy to take Trey Mancini. But not at a price. They're not paying a price to get Trey Mancini. It's a – well, if you don't want him, okay, we'll give you something for him. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Teams don't need that. When I say that, it's in the past come off as being offensive towards Trey Mancini. It's not that. It's that he's so valuable here. There's literally no way for you to recoup that value. It's impossible. You could make the best possible trade for Trey Mancini. Again, within reason. I'm not. You can't trade Trey Mancini for top prospects in another team's organization. It can't be done. Well, the, the the trade that you make with Trey Mancini is to a team that's looking to get rid of a large salary a veteran player that they don't want to pay anymore. So you take one a huge chunk of that salary in and, order, make, and maybe and get by an, doing and that you, you get, get a better a, you prospect get, you get another because prospect, of it. Right. And that's what happens as, as a goes. thank you for the the salary dump. They give you it. That's what they're really trading for, and, basically. And you you try to make them whole by throwing in Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. Knowing what we know about how the Orioles have done business, it's you, it's hard to fathom them right. being the team that's going to take on someone else's bad salary. But that but that is the type of trade that a GM that we think Mike Elias is would make. If that in makes saying sense. that it's savvy, yeah, I don't disagree that it's savvy. 
but there's a difference. If the Orioles aren't willing to pay a couple million bucks to have Zach Davies come back to Baltimore yeah. and pitch. I was pretty upset about that. But. I, and I get it. Right? Stan and I did a video about it yesterday. He's he's I, I, I don't care all that much specifically about Zach Davies, although I like Zach. He's a really great guy. Um, and at times, he's been a really good pitcher in his major league career. And that was a terrible trade when it was made because it was a team that had no chance of doing anything. There was no reason to be giving up anything in 2015 Gerardo for Parra. Gerardo Parra. I mean, it was just it was insane. But we're going back seven years. We can't do anything about that now. But to the point being, like they they did. We all know they spent some money on Jordan Lyles, and like there was this thought that like maybe they were going to spend a little bit more money. That's it. That's the end of the money yeah. that they spent was on one pitcher to add into the mix to have another guy that could eat some innings during the course of the season. I would be surprised at this point if that would be the route that they'd be willing to go is take on money for this. They won't send their broadcasters on the road. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they did that. I get your argument. It'd be the best thing they could do is try to find a team that has a bad salary and would really want to get rid of that salary and give you a prospect because of it. Like the Padres with Eric Cosmer. The other side of it would be that you're just doing it for the sake of a lottery ticket, that there's somebody that's very low in their system, that's very young, that is not was a very late round draft pick that you just happen to like, mm-hmm. and that they don't have any thought to at this point, but you scouted so so thoughtfully, and might have been a player you were going to take anyway, but you just didn't get the shot at it at that point, and you're in love with them from a scouting, and just say, hey, look, it's nothing more than a lottery ticket, but let's try it anyway. Right. That's about as well as you can do in a Trey Mancini trade, and my point all along will continue to be. That's not better than Trey Mancini. It's right. it's not even comparable to Trey Mancini. I your argument is that he ultimately ends up blocking someone wherever mm-hmm. he ends up playing. Well, that's one of my arguments. Wherever he ends up playing, there's a younger player you would rather have there. Yes, I understand that argument, but I would flip it to say the likelihood to me that all of these players are all going to pan out is so slim That's true. that it's not something that I would be worried about in making a decision like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be concerning myself with, am I blocking... I'm one of the names you threw in. I would definitely not be concerned about, am I blocking Austin Hayes? I think Austin Hayes is a baseball player, but I think he's a replacement-level yeah. baseball player. He's a name I threw in there because people like Austin Hayes, and he's a defensive standout, and if he's yeah. healthy, he's a good baseball player. My argument is more so for a guy like a Kyle Stowers and or I, a Colton and, Couser. And I, and I get those, when you start getting into names like that, you start seeing higher upsides, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea that they're all going to get here and they're all going to be high-level baseball players, th- that sounds to me like a problem you can deal with if it pans out right? more than something you plan on ahead of time. Right. Um. I don't know what the market is going to be for Trey Mancini. It might be that he finds a market, or it might very well be that $8 million this season is the most he's going to get to play baseball because once he hits the free agent market, teams look around and say, dude, we'll give you $5 bucks, but we don't really... Yeah. We just don't need you. We, You're not what we need. And it might very well be that keeping Trey Mancini around in future years does not cost you even as much as the $8 million it might cost you this year in order to have him via arbitration. Mm-hmm. It's totally plausible. And by the way, the Orioles would like to remind you, they don't lose an arbitration. So the likelihood is it ain't going to be $8 bucks. It's going to be more like $7.3 million, which, again, is, is still real money. But it's just more likely to be that figure than it is to be 8 because the Orioles 
I mean, I don't think they've ever lost an arbitration, still, have they? They have. They lost to Brad Bergeson, and they lost to uh, Ben McDonald in, under Peter Angelo's ownership. I could have sworn they were undefeated. Wasn't there something unique about Ben McDonald? Um, I, I, th- I, I can't remember. I just know those are the two I could have sworn. Well, maybe, maybe it was since Mitchell Schmouse came. Like they, there's somebody that was literally undefeated in arbitration. And I think somebody Orioles. beat them recently. In the last like five six years, somebody Maybe. beat them recently. We, we can do a little bit more. I, like, I want to say Alejandro Deaza. I feel like it was, Ale- but I I, I could right. be very wrong. All right. Well, we we can spend a minute on that here in a second on the history and arbitration. But the Orioles do not. They are they are overwhelmingly victorious in arbitration. Well, they're, they're owned by litigators. Yes, correct. Um, so I don't know what the market would say, and what I would say is if. If you're just trading Chris Davis, no, sorry, Chris Davis, Jesus Christ. If you're just trading Trey Mancini for the sake of trading him, I don't get that. I just don't get that. I don't see, to to the point about if you can find somebody with the bad contract, and I, I don't disagree with that being a smart move. Mm-hmm. I That's something I would do. I would do that. I don't think, I don't have any faith that that's something they would do. Yeah, and, so, and there's no reason to have faith in that to this point. So short of that, I don't see any reason to trade Trey Mancini. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't think there's a chance in hell he gets an extension in Baltimore. I, I, I And so you're looking at it now, Trey Mancini, okay, let's not trade him. He plays out his year, and then he goes into free agency. He never plays for the Orioles again, and you got nothing But that's for the part that's interesting to me, because that goes back to the, I just don't think that there's a robust market for Trey Mancini. There's not, but you could get a middling... 26-year-old prospect who maybe had a blip on the radar at AAA a couple of years ago. You, you could get something. Something's better than nothing because you're looking – one thing's, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to walk for nothing or you're going to you, trade him for that's something. The part, you keep saying he's going to walk for nothing. I don't think there's a robust free agent market for for Trey Mancini either. But I don't think that – I think that after this year, they, and, there's not a fit for him here. The argument would be that the or, if the Orioles have just decided – no matter what, we're not spending any money at all on Trey Mancini, then I understand your argument. Mm -hmm. But that's not a logical decision to me either. My decision-making process would be one of two things. It would either be, we know what the market's going to look like for Trey Mancini, and it's reasonable for us, as Dan Connolly pointed out, not just from a baseball perspective, but simply having a veteran presence in a locker room around young players, there's a a real value to that. If we're going to start spending money... This is not a ton of money that we would likely have to spend in order to keep mm-hmm. Trey, Trey Mancini around, and there could be both baseball and veteran leadership value to having a Trey Mancini. I, I would be opposed to dismissing that. Yeah. If they think there's a robust market for Trey Mancini, if they've done their research and there's the Tigers want to give Trey Mancini four years and forty million bucks, then sure, sure, of course, then you know. We're not going to do that. That we're parting ways and just see whatever you can get for him at the trade deadline if that's. The, but I would not be as quick to be a dismissive if I were the Orioles. If they are, if internally they've just decided, no, nope, we're not doing it. Well, then yeah, sure, go ahead and trade Trey Mancini and get whatever it is that you can get instead of getting nothing. I just that doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me for them to be this dismissive from a baseball standpoint. I'm not trying to pretend like Trey Mancini is a centerpiece of a rebuild or anything like that. But Trey Mancini can still help you from a baseball standpoint. And I will worry about who he's blocking when there's someone to block. Yeah, That's when I'll worry about that. 
And so many of these things, unfortunately, work themselves out via injury or someone that a, a year from now we're like, boy, we were really high on, I don't even want to say the names, I don't want to jinx it, we were really high on so-and-so, but pff, the hell's well, happened to them. And this is a huge year for the Orioles as far as evaluation, evaluating their prospects is concerned, because there's going to be a number of them, a number of the guys I listed in that article that are going to be at the Major League level this year, and you're going to see and hopefully know what you have in them by now, the Colton end. Colton Kowser won't be at the Major League level not, not, this not, year. Not this year, but everything that we've seen from him says that this, this dude's going to play in the big leagues and play in the big leagues for a long time. Everything that we've seen from him. It's a very small sample size. You yes. got to be. It's a very small sample size at a very low level. I'm not. I, I like Colton Kowser. I think mm-hmm. he's a hitter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to be purposely down on. That's why I don't like using individual names, right? right? But I, I'm not making any decision as an organization. It's one thing to say we're gonna we're not gonna do anything that potentially blocks Adley Rutschman, right? It's a completely different conversation. Like we're not going to do anything that blocks Colton Kowser. I'm not. I do not operate that way. Yeah, but he's also. You've seen how long the leash has been on DJ Stewart, and he was a 25th overall pick in the draft. Colton Kowser was fifth overall pick in the draft. I'm not saying that they shouldn't give him more opportunity. It's also right. different. DJ Stewart got here at a time where they sucked. Mm-hmm. Like the idea being that probably you're, so will Colton Kowser. M- might be. I mean, you're you're, you're moving Colton Kowser really fast through. The, I think this he's going to move fast. I you're really do. You're moving him really fast, and the Orioles. I, talent be damned, the Orioles have not moved as fast as you're pushing him through the system. I They're, mean, Jordan Westberg made it to AAA last year. I, I hear you. Double A. Double A, correct. Yeah, double A. Double A. Um, played three, a number of their players played three levels last year. I understand that, but some of that was because of what happened the year before. Yeah. Right? And Colton Kowser wasn't part of the organization the year correct. before. Colton Kowser showed up last year. I mean, he's... I'm, I am... I would be... St- Stunned if we're talking about early next season that Colton Kowser was on the Major League roster. If you're saying there's a world in which he could be here by the end of next year, like by the end of the 2023 season, sure. I mean, if he really is producing at a very high level, there's absolutely a chance that by the middle of next year they start having those conversations, right. especially if they're a little bit better than they, and they just could use another boost um, and can use one more player to come up, a la Manny Machado in 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not that I want to use Colton Kowser in the same breath as Manny Machado. That's, that's terribly unfair. Um, I'm, uh, I'm in a very strange place with Trey Mancini because I think the conversation gets too emotional for some people, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it needs to be that emotional. I think the conversation can be more about putting a baseball team together and especially a baseball team if you intend to start taking steps forward. And there's a serious role that a Trey Mancini can play for a team like that at what I think will likely be a very reasonable price. If that changes, if the price is unreasonable, get it. And the Orioles might know that today. They might know that there's a team that is 100% interested in signing Trey Mancini to a real dollar figure. Mm -hmm. But short of that... I don't see why you'd be in a race to get just get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. And, and don't get me wrong. And I don't just mean that in trade. I mean in free agency as well. To just say there's no number at which we bring back Trey Mancini. And maybe Trey would say, look, I did every, all these things by you. I'm not coming back at a lesser number. Mm-hmm. I would, if I got to take a lesser number, I'd rather go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That might be the problem. But I just don't think that number is going to be all that significant that you couldn't get Trey Mancini back for a couple of years at a, at a reasonable price. And, and- this is, I have to admit, this is one of the more um, nerve-wracking articles that I've written because I know the backlash and I know how yeah. people feel about 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 Trey, yeah. um, and what people don't want to talk about, and I get it. 
I get what, what he came back from last year. I get how remarkable his season was. But if you look at his season last year, just based on a number standpoint, he didn't have a good year. Right. And he was he was barely above a replacement level player last year. Well, and again, but he was a guy that was coming off having right. not played baseball. I'd- if if Trey Mancini comes out this year and he's a 2019 version, there is a world in which Trey Mancini fits on this ball club. But if he comes back out this year and he's still 2021 Trey, there's not a spot for him. You're, you're probably right about that, but I would also say at that point you can't get anything for him. You can't even yeah. get a no. There's no interest. It, it's there's it's a tricky situation because. You're not going to get anything for him, regardless. If you're, he comes out, not, and there's he plays, a difference between not getting anything significant versus not getting anything. And at some point, he's just not a no team. Like if you if you end he's up not a rental guy, if, their their answer almost becomes at that point like you're gonna you're gonna outright him. You know, like you're just you don't want him around. If you do that, we'll take a flyer on a guy that's sitting on the the open market. But mm-hmm. you're we're not giving you anything. For that player, we're not even giving you that the guy that we don't see an, a way through for. A, we're not giving you anything for that player at that mm-hmm. point. So it it's it's unique in that way. It's unique in the short. Let's see what he looks like two months into the season. Let's see who he is. And even then, that could um, be a fuller because two months into the season last year, he was leading the league in RBIs. And but my point would be, two months into the season isn't isn't going to give you. You're not you're not getting anything in a trade. Right. Two months into the season doesn't mean that he's got trade value all of a sudden. It just might give you a a clearer picture of, from a baseball standpoint, where a guy is physically, something they can look at internally and see exactly where he is, and they can think more about whether or not, like a two year, ten million dollar deal might make sense. I it would be a bitter pill for Trey Mancini to swallow Mm -hmm. because he probably thinks that, as of two or three years ago, he was going to be a guy that could make some money, Um, but I just don't see it. I don't see there being robust money for Trey Mancini on the free agent market, and I think that there is a role that he could play here that would be significant. Would be I just think that he'd have to be willing to take a back seat at a point. But and, I think he's going to likely have would. to do that anywhere he is. Yeah. I don't know that there's a team, and I would say it would be a far more backseat role in a lot of places, because at least here he would still matter as a person. I think right? Trey could go to Tampa Bay and play every day. He's a t- he's a kind of bat that Tampa Bay employees that would play every day. I had to think about that more. Maybe, maybe he could, but he wouldn't matter. I mean, he would be he would just be the, a guy. I mean, you play Tampa. you'd play him over Choi at I, first base. I, if, well, you say that they like Choi a lot. Yeah, but Trey's better. I well, I mean, depending on who he is, yeah. right? Like depending on who he is, he is. But again, he would be irrelevant in, in Tampa. He would just be there for the sake of being there. Now the argument would be, but they might have a shot at winning. Yeah. And that could be something that he would say, yeah. I'll, even though nobody cares about me down here, I got a shot at winning. I'll, I'll, I'll go take that shot, and that I might think, very well be the case. I think people are going to care about Trey wherever he goes. He, he was a national he, story. He, he was sort of a national. They're not going. Oh, they're certainly not going to care about him the way they did here. That's I, never going to be. I, a thing. And I, I'm really going to limit. He was kind of a national story. I, you know, like there was nobody. I was down in Georgia when the home run derby was going. Nobody cared. No one cared. No one knew who he was. Frankly, he's just not a. It's harder unless you're a hardcore well, baseball was in fan. Colorado. I understand, but I, like I was out at a bar watching. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No one cared. Like I there thought was, you forgot that they moved from Georgia. No, no, no. I was down. I wasn't there as the event was going on. I was down mm-hmm. at a bar watching the home run derby, and nobody in an average sports bar where the only thing to watch was the home run derby gave a rat's ass about Trey Mancini or his story. Right? Like it's just because they don't know who he is. Yeah. He hasn't. He's not a transcendent figure in any sort of way. He's a very transcendent figure in Baltimore. There, it, it, 
the disparity between the two, between what he, he's a neat story on a, the people that are ardent baseball fans. If you're a hardcore, like you listen to MLB radio every day, you're glued to it, you're, it's a neat story. But it's a neat story that we're now a little bit separated from. Mm-hmm. Like he's already been back. We've already done all of the things. It's, that's kind of removed. It's sort of a, oh, right. You know, like, what's it? John, who was it? Was it John Lester that had cancer or John? John, John Lester. John Lester had cancer. Mm-hmm. And nobody in D.C. thought it was a really big deal that John Lester was coming to pitch for them because he had cancer. They thought he could be John Lester, and they were excited about that. That was also 10, 12 years removed. I, I don't... I think that you think the legs for something like that are longer than once you've come back, once mm-hmm. you've overcome it, that story is more, oh right, that was neat than it is conquering hero two years down the road. Like I'm not saying I'm sounds like I'm I'm dismissing it. I'm not dismissing, it's still amazing. Right. But the story just does not have the same legs. No, that, that's what I'm saying. At, is John Lester in DC I'm nope. saying even two years once you've come back. Once you've already done, it's a big deal for someone to come back from from that. Yeah, of course. After you've done, Eric Davis went to St. Louis a year after he had come back from cancer, and the story was already gone. gone. Yeah. It we're, was just gone. I think we're saying the same thing. What do you mean? I think we're saying, uh, like, like you were saying, people in D.C., it wasn't a thing to them that John Lester came back from cancer, and I was saying that's because it was 10, 15 years. And I'm saying that within two years, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm saying it doesn't. After you've gone through the comeback, mm-hmm. after you've proved that you're back, you've defeated cancer, you've been the conquering hero, it just doesn't play the same way anymore. Right. It should. I mean, it's it's still remarkable. It just, history shows that you're just another guy now. And then people are, oh, right, yeah, you beat cancer. That's cool. All right, and and l- you might get hooked up with a cancer charity in town or something like that that people like. But you're not a transcendent figure in any way because and, of it. Right, and look at the way I'm talking about Trey now. now it, it, it's This is another year yeah, removed, but, and I'm sitting here and I'm saying, but to me, the if can- he doesn't put up 2019 I'm, numbers, he's got to go. I'm trying to say this the right way. The cancer side of Trey Mancini's story to me has not mattered here the way that being the face of a horrible franchise and being a community representative mm-hmm. and being Mo Gabba's best friend, that to me has mattered way more oh, absolutely. about Trey Mancini to take nothing away from the fact that he beat cancer than even beating cancer did. His value here has been because of those things. Yeah. Way more. It, it, it added another layer to it that he also defeated cancer. But his why he's so important in Baltimore is because being a Baltimore Orioles fan sucked. Was m- woeful and miserable and awful for every reason except for Trey Mancini. Yeah. And that's what his value is here. And that can never be replicated 100% anywhere else. 100%. Did this really happen is the question. Papa Cass is going to run it by us. Did this really happen is brought to you this week by Underdog Fantasy Football. You should be playing Underdog Fantasy Football. Basketball contests, hockey contests, baseball contests coming. You can't bet yet on your phone or on your computer here in the state of Maryland, but you can feel like you're betting when you play Underdog Fantasy Football because you can play player props and parlays. Download that app, the Underdog Fantasy Football app, or go to underdogfantasy.com. Do you want to come over to this microphone so Paul can't see what it is that you're looking at over there? Do you want to do this segment? Because I'm I'm a cheater. It's more just very difficult. She's literally sitting right next to you in that scenario. Bring Papa Cass over here. Uh, The point that I'm attempting to make is that Underdog has all these great contests, and if you go download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com, use the code PRESSBOX, 
And when you make your first deposit up to $100, they will match it with free money for you to play with. Again, underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Ah, I can stretch out. All right. Uh, all right, Papa Cass. Okay. So it says, according to Weekly News. Who says? According to Weekly <laughs> News. But what is Weekly News? I've never heard of such a it's thing. It's fake. Okay. Anywho, besides Paul coming down on my weekly news. No, I, I don't know. It's uh, I've never read it, but it was just an article that I found online. Um, a student went to a doctor's appointment and didn't end up going to school that day. The school's receptionist called his phone, heard on his voicemail that sh- what she thought was a bomb threat, and called the police. The school was put on lockdown because of this, and the boy was arrested. His bomb threat was ac- uh, was actually a voicemail of the Adams Family theme song. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> you mean to tell me mm-hmm. that this story alleges mm-hmm. that there was a voicemail left on someone's phone. Right, so and a the kid enti- at the school. The entirety of the voicemail was... The Adams song. But it had words. It had the words in it. They're creepy and they're spooky, mysterious and kooky. They're all together, ooky. The Adams family. D- that? That? Yes. Thank you, John Coulson. <laughs> you are Kelly Kapoor over there. The 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 where she's just dancing to staying alive. All right. <laughs> that is what you want me to believe. Someone called in. Yes. As a bomb threat. Yes. He went to a doctor's appointment. The receptionist, think about it, you go to school, right? And when you don't show up and you don't have a note, you get a call. So the receptionist just calls, right? And what she thought was the was a bomb threat this was a voicemail. Oh, this was his voicemail greeting. So she called him. He didn't answer. And this was the voicemail mm-hmm. instead of saying like, Hi, it's Dave. Leave a message. Yes. She got this. Mm-hmm. And she... This is so insane that I... I think I have to believe it's true. It's... The story is true. See, I'm, I'm, I'm on that wavelength too, but I cannot fathom, based on the tune and the lyrics, how anybody would make that mistake. I think it's fake. I haven't lost since the first week. Mm, you've been riding. You've been riding uh, quite the hot streak. So one of us is going down today. One of us. There is going to be a loser, and Cass gets to be a winner because it's split. Who? Which one of us is a winner? Which one of us is a loser? Is this real? Did this really happen? It's fake. Oh, but God but no, 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 no. You're half right. I only changed one thing. Oh, the entire bitch. story is true. Yeah. It wasn't the Adams Family theme song. What was it? It was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That theme song. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. <laughs> so this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my, my days, days chilling and relaxed, acting a fool, and then shooting some b-ball outside of school when a couple of guys, they, they were, were up, up to, to no good. good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. No, I don't know. 
No, there's nothing there. Yeah, so that was the everything. Else Let I me see this story. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She said you're moving with your auntie and uncle to Bel Air. So maybe she can derive from a fight that she thinks she had. I'm going to Bel Air, but first I'm blowing this place up. Let me read this story. Uh, a student went to a doctor's appointment and didn't show up to school. The school's receptionist called his phone and heard on his voicemail what she thought was a bomb threat. And call- oh, 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 hang on a second. <laughs> Actually... That could have been very awkward. <laughs> that could have been very awkward. I don't know what I was looking at for a second. I'm glad I clicked that button again. Oh, my. This I have school. nothing bad. All right, good. The school. I, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't know what I was looking at. I was just very nervous there for a second. The school was put on lockdown, and the boy was arrested. His bomb threat voicemail was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. I cannot, but this has to be made up. It's not. This has I, to be I made even, up. I even looked more into it too. So is the website the Onion? No, but it's from yeah. it's from Ebon. I swear to God, every time I go to like touch, like it brings it. <laughs> it's a screenshot. It's in my camera roll. Yeah, but I don't know what's in your camera roll. I mean, Just see. a bunch of pictures of feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> don't say that. Um. All right. It won't let me click this link. All right. I look. I I I take you at your word. And yeah. damn it. Damn it. It was, you know what? You played that well. I did suggest that you do that at some point, that mm-hmm. you take a true story and just manipulate a very small part of it. <sighs> Damn it. What Paul's, am I like? Paul's like rolling. Six and yeah, one now? Paul's rolling. He's red hot in this game. I'll get Paul. He is away. red hot. All right. Very good. Nicely done, Cass. Today Nicely was the most done. nervous I've been. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Did This Really Happen was also brought to you by Simply the Bets every Tuesday, 11.40 a.m. Simply the Bets, where we get you ready for the week in betting. Our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN, Bruce Billick, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. They join us each week. Do we have one more break to take? We do. I couldn't remember or not. All right, we'll do that. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get Tuba to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. 
Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, winding down for the week here on GCR. What a week it has been. Let's uh, get a tidbit of the day. How about that? We As we wind down, we will get a tidbit. Um, don't forget that the uh, Baltimore Police Department is looking for some new folks, and it's a great opportunity for you to join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. By the way, if uh, you're part of uh, Papa Cass's family, she confirmed to me there was nothing bad that I could have possibly seen on her phone. <laughs> nothing at all. She, in fact, started showing me the pictures so I would know. <laughs> There was nothing bad that I could have seen on her phone. So the, don't worry, Papa Cass's friends and family. She's All right. So for tidbit, our Friday shows generally take more of a pop culture turn. because of, because Oh, uh, we normally do Young Utes. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, yeah. Jordan's so, not here this week. with that in mind, I was driving home from the show yesterday, and uh-huh. um, the song Chasing Blue Cars by Dishwalla came I, on. I do love it's It's counting blue cars. Yep. Oh, it is yeah, counting. You're right. Counting. I don't know why I put chasing. You're you right. think I don't know my dish, Walla? Now, oh, you're going to be put to the test here in a minute. It counts only blue cars. It's a jam. It's beautiful. It was a jam. Uh, now, I may be wrong, but to me, Dishwalla is a one-hit wonder. Yeah, they definitely qualify yeah. as a one-hit wonder. And it got me thinking about some Orioles one-hit oh. wonders. Ooh. Uh, guys who had, that's not going to be your trivia question, though. Okay. Guys who had good seasons with the Orioles and heightened our expectations only to flop the next season. So in honor of Papa Cass here, I decided to do my own top five. Are you five. calling her a one-hit wonder? No, no, no. To do my top five Orioles one-hit oh, wonder Oh, you did list. a top five. I guess. Yeah. Okay. All so right. number five for me was Delano DeShields in 2000. He batted 296 with a 369 OBP, 43 doubles, 37 stolen bases. He was bases, Orioles MVP, if I remember And he was the most valuable season. Oriole. Yep. The next season, he hit 197, and he was traded after 58 games. Yeah. And number four, Craig Worthington in 1989. He finished fourth in Rookie of the Year voting after swatting 15 homers and 23 doubles with 70 RBIs in 147 games for the Why Not Birds. Magical season. Batted 226 with 12 home runs in 164 games the next two seasons combined. Was in Cleveland by 92 and out of baseball by mid-May 96. 
Number three was Gary Matthews Jr. in 2002. He hit 279 with a 355 on base percentage, seven home runs, 38 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, and 25 doubles in 109 games. In 2003, he had the walk-off single in extra innings on opening day of the famous snow game mm-hmm. and then fell off a cliff, hitting 204 with two home runs in 41 games before being traded to San Diego. The Sarge Jr. He did become an elite defender and an all-star in Texas, but for the Orioles, a lot of build-up for a huge letdown. Wow. At number two, Brad Bergeson, 2009, 7-5 with a 3.43 ERA and 19 starts. He took the line drive off the shin by Billy Butler, breaking his leg, and he never recovered. And then at number one... You had him as number two on the list? I thought he yeah, was okay. I had a lot of... Exp- right. You also have to remember how bad that team was and I how good you. he was comparatively. Mm-hmm. And at number one, Luis Matos, 2003. Wow, you really... He had he a hit- Rule 5? No, he wasn't Rule 5. Who am I thinking of that was a Rule 5 guy? I have no idea. All right. Um, but he hit 303 with 13 home runs, 23 doubles, three triples, 15 stolen bases, and 70 runs in 109 games. Over the next two seasons, he played 210 combined games and never came remotely close to replicating that production. Uh, Jose Morbon, who's I was thinking of. I was thinking Morbon, but it's yeah. Morbon. You're Morbon, right. yeah. So, Glenn, my trivia question is not, right. it's, it's not sports. Mm-hmm. I have a list of 21 hit wonders oh. in music. Okay. I'm going to give you the name of, of, the each, so- of, of each act. And then I have to name the song. And I want to see how many n- songs you can name. I'm going right, to we'll give you the easiest ones first. Okay, we'll see how I get 20? Mm-hmm. Jesus, we I could be you, here I for think, a while. I think you got this. Lou Bega in 1999. Well, of course, it was Mambo Number no. 5. That is correct. It was a jam and a half, a little bit of Monica in my life. Billy Ray Cyrus, 1992. Oh, of course, don't. And, and by the way, I don't think that should qualifies as a one-hit wonder anymore because of uh, Old Town Road. Um, ah, that's true. But I think it w- you'd have to take him off the list it's now. It's like 25 years. I understand, so. but uh, I think that uh, takes him off. Of course, that's Achy Breaky Heart. That is correct. Uh, Chumbo. Wumba. I stand by Achy Breaky Heart, too, by the way. That song is Don't tell my heart. My Achy Breaky Heart. I just don't. And then he would really get into it. Uh, tub Thumping, of course. Tub Thumping. That is correct. All right, now I'm going to go in order. Uh-huh. The Knack, 1979. My Sharona. That is correct. Patrick Hernandez in 1979. Patrick Hernandez? He definitely didn't go by anything else? Mm-mm. Not according to this list. I don't know that I've ever heard the name Patrick Hernandez in my life. We can skip it if you want. Hang on a second. Patrick Hernandez? Eh, tell me, what is it? Born to be Alive. Born to be alive? I've yeah. never heard this song. I'm born to. I've heard a lot of born to bees, but I've never heard of born to be alive. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either, but it was on the list at number two. Um, yeah, I mean, there's great born. Whatever. All right. The Buggles, 1979. Oh, uh, the uh, video killed the radio star. That is correct. The Vapors, 1980. Oh God, um, I do know this. Hang on. The Vapors are. Um... Oh my God. Oh, uh, can, can I come back to it? You can, can I can I think about that uh, for a second? Yep. Lips Inc. Nineteen uh, Funky Town. Funky Town. That is correct. Uh, this one was one of the one the easy ones I meant to give you. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen, of course. Yep. Norman Green. The vapors turning Japanese. Yes, they oh, were. Oh, thank God. I actually didn't know that. I was kind of anyway. Go ahead. Sorry. Norman Green. Uh, Spirit in the sky. Spirit in the sky. Uh, Nina. 
1983. Uh, 99 uh, uh, 99 Love Balloons. It might be called 99 Red Balloons, but it's called 99 Luft Luft Balloons. Is what it should have been called. I I believe there was actually like a German version, and like it was a whole. Yeah. It was until last night that I thought it was 99 Red Balloons. My I actually life. think it was released at one point as 99 Red Balloons in... The English version. Yeah. I do uh, think that there were... I think there was a multiple version thing, but I did... Yes, technically, I think the name was 99 Luft Balloons. Bobby McFerrin, 1988. Uh, was, uh, 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 don't Worry, Be Happy? Correct. Musical Youth, 1982. I've never heard of this song. I know it, but... yeah. Just tell me, whatever. Pass the duchy. Oh yeah, that's exactly that's right. Yeah. Bobby Day, nineteen fifty-eight. Bobby Day, nineteen fifty-eight. Bobby Day. Um, I believe the Jackson Five covered this song. Was was um, because uh, it was uh, it was oh I do know it now it was uh, Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, Dave Dobbin and Herbs nineteen. 19- or herbs, 1986. Who? Dave Dobbin and Herbs. Some, we are really stretching on some of these. Dave Dobbin and uh, no, I got nothing. Slice of heaven. Never heard of it. Uh, the Swingers. When? 1981. These are some random ass tunes, man. There's a lot of real. This legit was a top 20 list I pulled off the internet. There are some one real legit one hit wonders that are not on this list whatsoever. Um, they might be. I don't, I don't know. We were not going to. Counting the beat. Sure it is. Uh, Spectrum, 1971. <laughs> nope, I got nothing. I'll be gone. Okay. Tony Basil, 1982. Uh, that's um, uh, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocking Blue, 1969. Shocking Blue? Shocking Blue. I That one I at least feel like I've heard of, but uh, give me a sec. Go, keep going. and I'll. Uh, the last one on the list that I have is Soft Cell, 1981. Oh, that's Tainted Love, of course. Correct. Shocking Blue. <laughs> Something you know. You're saying you know this. I song. believe that this is a song, unless it's by the same name. Shocking blue. Shocking blue. How many again? <laughs> well, that sounds like you're doing uh, Venus. That's but the that's name banana. Of the song. Oh, Banana Rama was Venus. Oh, well then uh, it's not the song I was singing, but that is. Well, the name I mean, of they might have done a version. I don't know. I mean, I maybe. I mean, uh, most v- songs. Venus was are, definitely Banana Rama. Like, most Banana songs Rama have been covered. You know what I mean? So right, that right. was you did very, very well. I I anticipated that you would. Spiro would have done better, and that's what makes him mad. Is that he would have like ran, these utter complete random ones? He'd be like, ah, oh, how do you not know that? Spiro's gonna come back in. We're gonna do a Beatles bit. One day, ahead of the Paul McCartney concert, we're going to do our uh, our own uh, dueling top t- top ten Beatles songs, because because we're afraid that our audience has gotten too young. We're afraid that we've uh, gotten too a, young. A Beatles bit, and Drew Forster does believe that the Beatles bite. F, F him. F him. <laughs> By the way, Drew is also going to be doing a weekly golf show on uh, one hundred five seven. He will be our lead in on Sundays, so that will be that will be awkward. That will be something. Um, famously, Drew and I pulled a. Uh, an April Fool's Day bit in like uh, I don't know ten or eleven or somewhere in there, where we went. <laughs> I I've told the story before. We were at the combine. I was broadcasting from the combine one year, and so was Eunice. It was the only year that both stations were at the combine, and Eunice left behind the big 105.7 banner when he left. And I was like, I feel like we could do some shtick with this, so I took it with me. And I said to Drew, I'm like, hey, think about some shtick that we could do with the one. I've got this giant 1057 banner 
that Eunice left behind in Indianapolis. And Drew was like, well, we'll do an April Fool's Day bit where you and I will go over and stand outside the building and we'll hold the 105.7 banner up and we'll put out on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Just we'll say something like, uh, great to be back together again in our new home and just put it out there in the ether. And I had prepped a few people ahead of time to help me out with it to say, what I want you to do is when you see it, share it and say something like, I know what day today is, but I got word that this was happening mm-hmm. or something like that. So we got a huge, huge, in fact, there, there were some people that were still pissed at us to this day from this bit. Like we had run it by uh, uh, the people that we worked with, but we, we let very few people over there know that we were doing it because we didn't want them to ruin it for us. Mm-hmm. And there were some people over there that were not pleased. Like we're not pleased whatsoever because they thought like they might be getting fired. Was and Jerry Coleman one of them? No, Jerry I don't think was there yet. I think he was still in D.C. at okay. that point. Um, I think one of them was our friend Bruce. I think one of that them makes so much sense though, very, based on the stories you yeah, told. Very me. much. There were some other people over there that were like frantic and scrambling. There were definitely some salespeople over there that were livid, and then like they couldn't even. They they had to be dicks about it in the comments. Like I've talked to everybody over here. Nobody knows anything about this. This isn't real. This isn't like. Thanks, guy. <laughs> like appreciate you. Really, definitely worth what you're doing right now. Um, there are other people who I will not name because, like, I don't know just exactly how irreparable the damage was done uh, to our friendships and relationships over this. It was just a silly Sheesh. April Fool's Day bit. But, yes, very ironic that both he and I are actually going, and Ryan found the old photo of us standing outside. It's it's It, it was very cheeky, this bit that we did on um, – I don't know, hang on, I'll pull up Ryan's Twitter because he shared it this morning on Twitter at RexSpecsRyan. That's how you follow him as he's helping us once again. Uh, yeah, there is the old photo from whatever year it was of Drew and I standing outside the CBS radio building holding That's the awesome. 105.7 The Fan banner and uh, pulling an April Fool's Day bit. All right, uh, that was Tidbit. Tubular is brought to you today by, you know, just actually today a reminder that you need to know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling, really think about it. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Here is the totally tubular rundown for the weekend. Maryland women, as I mentioned tonight, against Stanford, 930 on ESPN in the Sweet 16. The men's Sweet 16 games tonight on CBS, St. Peter's and Purdue at 709, Carolina, UCLA at 939. TBS for Providence, Kansas at 729, Iowa State, Miami at 959. Uh, Lacrosse this weekend. ESPNU tomorrow at 2 for Michigan and Johns Hopkins. ESPN Plus tomorrow at noon for Holy Cross Navy and at 1 for Army Loyola. Uh, Towson's at Denver at 2. You can watch it on Denver's website. That's tomorrow at 2. Uh, UMBC's at Binghamton tomorrow at 1 on AmericaEast.tv. The Maryland women host James Madison tomorrow at noon on Big Ten Network+. Plus. Uh, Mount St. Mary's at Sacred Heart at noon tomorrow on NEC Front Row. Maryland at Penn State on Sunday night on Big Ten Network at 7. Army-Navy baseball Sunday at 2 on CBS Sports Network. That is cool. We know the tip times for the Elite Eight games tomorrow on TBS 6.09 for Houston Villanova and 8.49 or kind of whenever they're ready to start the game after the first game for uh, Arkansas and Duke. Everything else sports-wise, the Orioles, um, 
They're on ML- They're free on MLB TV this afternoon. Orioles and Rays. Jordan Lyles on the mound for the Birds. He's actually been scratched. He's with the been stomach bug. scratched. He's not. Who's pitching? Um, uh, Chris Ellis is getting. Chris stuck. Ellis can't miss that. Can't miss it when Chris Ellis takes the mound. If you watched the game yesterday, you would have heard Kevin Brown say that there's a stomach there bug going way through too the entire clubhouse. Oh, there were real sports happening. I was watching that. I was watching uh, them, too. Orioles will be on the radio the rest of the weekend, 98 Rock and BAL, tomorrow at 6 and Sunday at 1, if you are so inclined. Some non-sports highlights. All right. So tonight there's not much. Uh, Bridgerton Season 2 premieres on Netflix. Oh, Cass just got way too excited. Um, Ca- Cass is... You gotta, you apparently gotta, she loves uh, Bridgerton. Regé Jean-Paul thing? Is that... Okay, um, all right. Yeah. I don't blame you. He's he's very good looking. Yeah, but he's not even in the second season. What? Yeah. By the Why way, would they get rid of? He's like the, the storyline is about her brother now, like in I, the second season. Cass, I'm not going to pretend to understand what that means. Got it. Got it. What What I would say is, Regé Jean Paul like had every young lady lose her her mind. Why in the world wouldn't you maybe reconsider what story you wanted that to tell in season two what I'm to bring back some Regé Jean Paul? By the way, I, I realized this yesterday. The lead singer of Dishwalla is extraordinarily good looking. He's a but is he still extraordinarily good looking? Probably. Eh, how old do you think he is? John now? Stamos is still extraordinarily yeah, good you know, looking. That is true. Mark is. Wahlberg. Yeah. I think that this gentleman is probably older than Mark Wahlberg. He probably uh, is. Mom, I don't know. Some older uh, men you know, that have second. to be in their 60s and 70s that, that like I would consider <laughs> like marrying. Not for money. Bro, Brad Pitt is 58. Brad he, Pitt's the best looking man in the world. 58. And he, you he saw had, you see him with his shirt off in that trailer for that terrible Sandra Bullock movie. He and he, I, I'd see it. I'd watch it at home. I wouldn't. Go I to would the, do that too. Paul Rudd actually is the sexiest man alive. It's on. And he's definitely in his fifties. That's for sure. Uh, Dishwalla. Uh, they don't hang on. J.R. Richards is the gentleman's name. He's fifty-four. All right, so maybe uh, this picture is not very flattering. Well, I, this gentleman. This is the guy you're speaking of. Go go look up on Google Images. He's a very good-looking man. This gentleman. This is not a particularly attractive man in this photo. That's the okay. You are the woman. Do you find this gentleman in this photo to be that attractive? That's not a good picture. Yeah. All right. Well, hang on a second. I'll pull up some other pictures. You have you a microphone. T- tell me. Tell. I'm yeah. To, like, yeah, but yeah, he's right. You have to. This is a broadcast medium. I'm you sorry. Have to, yeah. I'll just. We beat up Jordan over it. We can't I'll give you a pass. Break my neck to look at this. I, you no, can carry he's right. it with you. <laughs> you can actually. You can take it with that you. That is true. Well, in this in this video, okay, this made him look. At, this was an attractive gentleman here. He's I agree true, with that. Yeah. He's, he's a good looking man. Gentleman. He's good looking. Yeah. He's a good looking man. I don't know what he looks like today, but at that point, he was attractive. All right, go on. Anything All right. Um, That's what we're doing. Not not tonight. Uh, tomorrow, there's not much, but on reels. Ah. The Jurassic Park, The Unknown Story at 8, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Unknown Story at 9, which is interesting. I don't know if that's for me. It's how like Harrison Ford got the job as Indiana Jones. Um, then on Sunday, The Simpsons, The Great North, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy from 8 through 9.30 on Fox. You have The Walking Dead at 9, Talking Dead at 10 on AMC. Um, winning Time, The Rise of the Los Angeles ah, Lakers Dynasty at 9 that's o'clock what's worth watching. on HBO. That's a show. And evil lives here at nine o'clock on uh, uh, Investigation Discovery. I'm not really sure, like how, like there's this video. Here's J.R. Richards sort of playing in the background on his own website. And oh god, damn it! Hang on a second. Get back to your face, uh, John. Eh, he might still be a handsome fella. Yeah. He might still be a looker. Good looking people generally. Stay we've spent good more time talking about J.R. Richards from Dishwalla than anyone on the planet yeah. has in I the last. I think if you take care of years. yourself and you're a good looking person in your younger years, you can stay good looking. Thank you, Paul. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate. I those get lost fun. in those baby blues all the time. Cass, how can people follow you on Twitter or on on social? 
Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, Cassidy Butler5. All right, very good. Thank you to Cass. Thanks also today to um, Rodney Elliott, DeBo Smolka, to Angel Reese from the Maryland women's basketball team. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Our buddy Paul Mittermeyer is going to join us in the studio on Monday. Looking forward to that as the Ed Block Courage Awards are just over a week away. Um, so Paul is going to come hang out with us the first hour of the show. Speaking of the Ed Block Courage Awards, our buddy Brandon Copeland was the Falcons winner this year. I love Brandon Gilman alum. Um, and what a career he's managed to carve out for himself as an undrafted free agent. It's an incredible story. We'll talk to him on Monday for sure. Jeremy Kahn stuff and things. On the bat around tomorrow morning? Uh, tomorrow morning we have Rich Dubroff. We have Stan the Fan. And we're going to get all, all into this Trey Mancini, John Means debacle all right. that's going on. All right. Very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police Department, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Maryland women. Go local lacrosse teams. Go Arkansas. Go Arkansas for sure. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>